What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 82, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am so ready for the 2022-23 AHL season. That's why I got this hat on. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's already gearing up for college oh basketball season. I he cannot wait. wait. He's ready for the Kansas Jayhawks, based on his hat. He roots <laughs> for every team. Whatever team will help make him a little bit of coin, he will be <laughs> extremely excited about. But, Frank, we have a very special guest today. And before we get to that, I just want to ask you, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I can't wait for college basketball, March Madness. Some of the fun, best times of the year just to dive in and watch some college basketball. I know you don't watch it as much as I do faithfully, but I know you cannot wait for this March. Oh, I love March Madness. I I follow during the regular season a little bit. I'm not quite as interactive with it as I am with hockey, baseball, and football, college, and NFL. But I still, I know, I always know what's going on. You could ask me any random day, hey, who's number one in the country right now? I'll be able to tell you. But, you know, really quick before we get to our guest in the chat, Skylar always wanted to say that he's first. I think that's actually really funny because normally Skokes is usually first saying, dudes, what up, Skokes? You got beat by Skylar this week. Now it's going to be a competition from here on out. And Foster wants to point out that it was a great game last night. I am sure he is referencing the game between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Florida Panthers. We will get to all of that. But first, let's send it on over to period number one. Welcome to period one. Frank, you like TikTok? I do. TikTok is a very interesting place where people from all over the world come up with some of the most creative things that you could ever think of. And it comes from all walks of life, all races of life, all religions of life, just to make people be entertained. There's a sports section of TikTok and one of the great people on the sports section of TikTok, and they have their own podcast called the Daily Intermission Podcast, and that's also the name of their TikTok. We would like to welcome in Greg Brown. Greg, how you doing? I'm fantastic, Vinny. Well done in the intro. What's up, Frankie? Let's talk some hockey. How you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I can't wait. I'm glad to have you here. It should be a fun show. Absolutely. 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 It's been an incredible first couple of weeks in the NHL, too. So tons It of sure content. has. And before we dive into all that, Greg, I want to know, how did the daily intermission start? Where did that come from? Where did your love for sports turn into you making content? Yeah, absolutely, Vinny. Uh, it's been a long road to get where I've been. Um, you know, I've worked a lot of jobs. I, I've worked a lot in the golf industry, and uh, I've always wanted to pursue a career in sports. So I ended up doing uh, my master's of business at the University of New Brunswick, and I specialized in uh, sports and recreation management. And I was hoping that would be the ticket um, to the, you know, the sports world, the sports industry. Unfortunately, uh, I graduated into COVID. Um, so a lot of the employers that I had jobs lined up with, um, were kind of, you know, tightening up, tightening up the hatches and, and the opportunities weren't, uh, as uh, readily available as I would have hoped. So I, uh, I started the podcast in my mom's basement and, um, we needed a way to promote it, um, needed a way to grow. And, and so, uh, we hopped on the TikTok platform and Instagram and Twitter and, and TikTok, it, it, it's got a funny way of, of using an algorithm to, to give people voices. And if you've got entertainment that people will, um, you know, uh, consume, um, you know, you can be really successful on that platform. So, yeah, TikTok took off and uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, taken off from there. So uh, a COVID project with uh, no employment has taken me to here. So, yeah, that's, that's how we got going and that's how I'm going to continue it. That's awesome. Um, I, I know it's something me and Vinny love to do. We love to talk about sports, big sports fans of all kinds. We're not just a one sports show. 
but one of your most recent TikToks that I came across, you were it was with the reverse retro jerseys for the NHL, and you were just totally laying into the Philadelphia Flyers jersey, saying how bland it is. They just slapped the logo on a jersey. I absolutely love it. I love your honesty. But for people who didn't maybe see it yet or people watching the show, what, what are some of your favorite reverse retros and least favorites that you've seen of all the teams so far? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it's challenging with some of the jerseys because I, I think of the original six jerseys. I mean, I think of Toronto. They don't oftentimes change from the Maple Leaf logo in Detroit. And um, it's hard to get unique. Uh, but Philadelphia, for example, um, yeah, I mean, you've got some some great colors to use. I would like a change in the logo. Um, so I didn't, you know, per se enjoy the, uh, the Flyers logo. I thought Detroit was shafted once again. I mean, I thought two years ago when they released the retro jerseys, it looked like a practice jersey. This one's a nice, um, you know, throwback jersey for Detroit. But uh, the ones that I really like, I like, uh, I like kind of electric, um, you know, off the, I like the, sorry, the, the baby blue for Florida. Amazing. The uh, baby blue for Montreal. Amazing. Uh, I really like the Bruins. I'm a Bruins fan. So I really like the, uh, the Pooh Bear logo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, some of them, I, I like to, uh, you know, you, you have to be unique. You have to do something that's off the table. I mean, we look at the NBA and there's like 15 jerseys per team, like the NHL, you really make the, make some noise and, and make them loud. I think I guess the more loud, the better for me, but I thought Tampa's was awful. I thought they just did way too much in terms of the color schemes, but those are some of my uh, favorite ones. I would say Florida, Montreal, Boston. What did you think of the Blackhawks just out of curiosity? Gosh, I'm trying to think of what the Blackhawks was. Can you can you refresh it's my memory? Detroit, what was it's Detroit's, but flipped colors. Yeah, and I I it's wasn't Chicago. Yeah, it's Chicago, and it's old school looking. It's the same exact jersey, except the stripes are a little different. Yeah, for me, that's a logo that you could keep because I love the Blackhawks logo. Uh, and then you can play around with the color schemes. I, I mean, I don't mind that. I don't mind the bland lettering, I guess. I just think that uh, you, there could be a little bit more creativity poured into it. Yeah, I was just expecting a little more, I think. I was telling you, Vin, how I wanted like the colors to like be a little more vibrant, something different. I mean, we're, we're used to the standard black, red, white, you know, but I wanted just a little bit something more. They're an original six team, so. Yeah. yeah. The only reason I didn't hate, I, I certainly didn't love Chicago and Detroit's, but I, I wrote, I had a tweet thread of my favorites and comments on certain jerseys. Detroit and Chicago's had so many outdoor games that they've kind of redone a whole bunch of their jerseys already. And they've never gone quite in this direction where their jerseys make me think of the twenties rather than the forties, fifties, sixties. So in a way I do appreciate that about it, but I understand why people just off the bat aren't, uh, enjoying it as much but i think on the ice that looks sick yeah i think that i have to wait for them to be showcased on the ice because sometimes you know the pant helmet glove socks really help out a jersey so yeah we'll, we'll wait for our final uh evaluations once we see them on the ice absolutely and you mentioned you're a bruins fan that's actually very interesting our co-host on this show that's not here right now is also a bruins fan and so we got a lot of bruins love <laughs> on this podcast um i'm curious they're one of the best teams in the league to start the season. A lot of people thought they might start a little bit slow without McAvoy and Marshawn, who might play tomorrow, which is just stunning based on the early reports. The fact that he will play before Thanksgiving at minimum is just incredible. I'm curious, what's your take on this Bruins team so far? They're hot right now. Yeah, they've been fantastic, Vinny. I think it's just, um, you know, uh, it's it's a testament to the depth that they have in that organization. I think Jim Montgomery has been uh, a fresh voice for that dressing room, which as we saw with Vancouver and, and teams like that last year, a coach, a new voice can really make a difference in a room. Uh, the return of David Krejci has been fantastic. Um, you know, that second line of, of uh, Taylor Hall, David Krejci and David Pasternak has been phenomenal. 
Um, the back end's been fantastic. I mean, uh, Hampus Lindholm's been steady. And I think the goaltending duo of Jeremy Swayman and uh, Linus Allmark is, is very good, especially Linus Allmark. He, uh, he came over to Boston last year, and, uh, you know, I think he struggled a little bit. But I think uh, he's returning to form what uh, the Bruins thought they were getting from, um, you know, the, the Buffalo Sabres, Linus Allmark. So I think they, uh, yeah, they're going to be very good. I mean, I, I, had a, I went to a barbecue this summer with Brad Marchand and things – he said we're uh, we're trending in the right direction for him to return a little earlier than expected. Uh, his rehab was fantastic, so I'm excited for Brad to return. Uh, obviously, Charlie McAvoy a little bit later on, but he is you know such a staple on that back end for the Bruins. I think they're in good shape. A lot of people had them um, you know kind of dropping out of that top four in the Atlantic Division. I just don't see that being the case. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, the Bruins are definitely surprising me. I mean, I think I'm more worried about him next year than I am this year just because of all the one-year contracts they have. And, you know, Patrice Bergeron, you don't know what's going to happen with him or David Krejci. And I, it just seems like the future is a little more not uncertain as it is right now. I thought the Bruins would definitely be a playoff team this year. They definitely will be based on how they're performing right now, and I don't think they're really going to fall off that much. So I don't know why a lot of people had them not in the picture, which was a little weird to me. But on the flip side, somebody else who hasn't been doing as well that people may thought they have been doing as well is Alex Ovechkin. He's got three goals in seven games. He's a he's a big name we talk about a lot on the show. We always talk about is he going to break uh, Gretzky's goal record? Is he not going to break his goal record? Vinny thinks he's going to do it hands down. Where me on the opposite, I, I don't know if he's going to do it. I don't particularly am going to sit here and say he's going to do it. I don't think so. I think that this year is going to be actually a little bit of a regression type of year from him especially with the injuries that the Capitals have right now. And, I mean, those injuries may affect the way he plays and the players are on the ice that could get him the puck. But he's only got three goals in seven games this year. Do you think that he's going to break Ovi's record? Or do you think, kind of like how I'm thinking, where maybe this year will be a, a year that he regresses a little bit and then next year? Because you just never know. I mean, you don't know with injuries. You don't know with um, how you're going to play with COVID and everything that's going on. So uh, what's your take on him trying to chase o or Gretzky's record? Yeah, I think personally, I, I think he will end up beating uh, Gretzky. I mean, right now he's desperately missing Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson. I think the Washington Capitals overall are missing Tom Wilson. I mean, I think it's a little underrated how much he brings to that lineup. Uh, a, a boogeyman type player. I mean, he can he plays in the in the top six and is just such a force up front. Um, but I think he does. Uh, I mean, I think you know you've got what is he 120 goals back mm -hmm. around that number. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you know, you think if he can play four or five more years and I think that he is going to, uh, prolong his career to get the record. And honestly, he could just be a full on power play and just sit, uh, you know, at the, you know, at the top of the circle. So I, I do think that he gets there. Um, and, uh, I think that he will heat up. I mean, we see some prolific goal scorers around the league kind of off to slow starts. Austin Matthews comes to mind. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's early now. I think that if he can get, you know, get hot, which I think he will, I mean, there's no real time frame on Nick Braxton's return, but I think Tom Wilson will be back soon. I think that Ovechkin does do it and he starts to heat up here soon. I'm a devil's fan. They just played Washington. Ovechkin scored a power play goal and it was the typical Ovechkin patent and power play goal. He's going to have 20 of those things this year. So if he scores 15 even strength goals, it'll be a pretty good year for him and which I think he's going to score more than 15 even strength goals. Don't get me wrong, but so I'm with you, Greg. I think Ovechkin does do it. Another guy who's been a prolific goal scorer in the NHL, not quite to the extent of Alexander Ovechkin by any means, has been Phil Kessel, who yesterday scored his 400th career goal in the game that he broke Keith Yandel's record for the most consecutive games played in the National Hockey League, 890. What's your take on Phil the Thrill? 
I love Phil Kessel. And I mean, I think if you're a hockey fan and you follow hockey closely, it's hard not to have a soft spot for Phil Kessel. I mean, all of the down years at the Toronto Maple Leafs, the entire, I mean, I'm a Canadian boy. We get a lot of attention directed to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Phil, Phil Kessel was the whipping boy in Toronto for a lot of years. And for him to go to Pittsburgh and win his cups, um, and then to obviously to Arizona, kind of fly under the radar, now in Vegas, seeing some success. I mean, I'm really excited for Phil. Um, you know, it kind of goes against that health and fitness trends that we see in, in sports right now, because Phil's not really the epitome of that, but amazing that he's got the Ironman record. I'm really happy for Phil. I'm excited that, uh, you know, his post Toronto career has been fantastic because man, he took a lot of heat from the Toronto market, but yeah, I love Phil Kessel. I think that if you're a hockey fan, you've got a soft spot for Phil. Yeah. Phil Kessel has always been a, definitely one of my favorites to watch growing up and huge part of my life watching um, hockey from such a young age and seeing what he's done. And it, even with his sister, the whole Kessel family, you know, Amanda Kessel has been fantastic as well. So um, another interesting thing about this season so far, I know the season's young, but you see teams like Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Nashville, they've all gotten off to slow starts here. I'm thinking Tampa is going to be near the top of the Atlantic and Minnesota, maybe near the top of the central and I know for sure me and Vinny both agreed that Nashville would probably finish close to second in the division, but right now it's not looking like that. And then on the flip side, you got teams like the Philadelphia Flyers and the Chicago Blackhawks who are both four and two right now. And technically the Hawks have a game in hand on Colorado and could potentially pass them up in points, which is just absurd to me right now. It's hard to believe and wrap my mind around it. Is this something like, should we worry about these powerhouse teams, even though it's early on in the season? And what do you, what do you take of these teams that are overperforming right now? Like the Flyers and the Blackhawks? Yeah, absolutely. We can kind of see it across all sports right now. I mean, we look at the Utah Jazz. We look at the Sacramento, or sorry, not the Sacramento, the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, everyone's overperforming. I would look at the NFL. I'm not buying what the Jets are selling. Um, there's, there's teams that get off to hot starts. Um, but we look at the NHL, and I think Tampa is one team that I will be keeping a close eye on because as we continue on and I look at that Atlantic division, the there was a big separation between the top four teams and the bottom four teams last year in the Atlantic division, and those four teams that were in the bottom, the Buffalo Sabres, Montreal Canadiens, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Ottawa Senators, these teams have taken a step, and I think it's going to be a dogfight in that division when it comes to the playoff race, so that's a team that needs to turn it around quickly. I expect them to, I mean, we all know how good Tampa Bay is and how stable that, uh, that core is. And with the coaching of John Cooper, I think they're going to be just fine. The central's an interesting one for me. Um, it's always been, that's a wild card division for me because there's a lot of teams that are, you know, okay. And we don't really know what to expect in terms. We don't really know what their ceiling is. I'm thinking about the Winnipeg's of the world, the St. Louis's of the world, the Minnesota's of the world. Obviously Chicago has been off to a hot start. I expect them to come back to earth because I expect them to trade Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves at some point this, uh, this, uh, some point this season. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Chicago will regress, uh, come back to earth. And I think that Minnesota will be just fine. Nashville's interesting. They're a team for me, uh, it seemed like uh, Soros, you know, brought them a long way last year. Maybe uh, as, as we know, he got injured and, and the first round didn't go so well for them. But um, I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team, but it's going to be interesting when the chips fall. I think that we'll see some of these teams that are off to hot starts, the Philadelphia Flyers, the uh, the Chicago uh, Blackhawks of the world to come back to earth and, and kind of be on the fringe of the playoffs, if not missed by a lot. I agree. And one of the teams coming back to earth in a positive would be in a positive direction is the Vegas Golden Knights. Last season, they missed the playoffs by just a couple points. So far this year, they're off to a really good start. Bruce Cassidy has been one of the better coaches, more successful coaches in the NHL since arriving with the Boston Bruins a couple of years ago. They agreed to part ways and now he's with Vegas. And we're not just seeing, you know, 
a Marc-Andre Fleury lead them to the postseason with, you know, overperformances from certain guys like we did in their inaugural season. These guys are sick. This Logan Thompson goaltender, we didn't know what to expect from him. He's been outstanding. They got Jack Eichel now, who is a bona fide superstar in the NHL. Mark Stone is the closest thing to Marion Hossa that we've seen in the last, you know, however many years since Hossa retired. The elite two-way winger. You just don't get that too often. That Wild Bill, William Carlson, is right back to where he was. We see Marcia Soltz on fire, Riley Smith. This team is awesome. And on the back end, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo. These guys are incredible. If Logan Thompson keeps it up, I think they can win the cup. Do you have a take on the Vegas Golden Knights and their early season success? Because it didn't go well for them last year. Injuries had a lot to do with it. Yeah, I'm really excited about the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, particularly because of Bruce Cassidy. Uh, obviously, being a Bruins fan, I was surprised by the firing of Bruce Cassidy. I thought he did a fantastic job in Boston. Uh, again, it's that fresh voice uh, in the room. But yeah, Logan Thompson's been fantastic. And I look at the World Championships. He was the starter for Canada at the World Championships here. Obviously, they lost to Finland in the finals. But those types of tournaments for goaltenders and for you know fringe players in the NHL that are looking to take a step in their career, they're really career-building points in their career. A lot of confidence building goes into those uh, World Stage Championships. Um, I'm really excited about the, Golden, the Vegas Golden Lights. I mean, they play or their GM essentially video game styles his management i mean in and out turnover but we look at the players like you've said that have been there since the beginning the william carlson's the jonathan marshall shows the riley smith's um you know you're bringing in mark stone petrangelo shade theodore i mean all of these guys i mean on paper they look like a fantastic team and without robin leonard and, and mark andre fleur that was the biggest question mark and when you get good goaltending with this team you're going to be a powerhouse i expect them to make the playoffs they're going to be right in the mix in the pacific Oh, yeah, I'm excited for them. I, I really want them to excel, maybe even win the Cup, because I know the Hawks aren't going to do that. So my second team, the Vegas Golden Knights, so hopefully they could get things going. Uh, I kind of want to switch gears here to football. And as you saw this past Monday night, the Bears played the Patriots. Bears absolutely shit on the New England Patriots. It was a dominating performance. Um, but I just – there's some issues going on at quarterback in New England. Mac Jones returns. Terrible, terrible start to his return, and the crowd starts ch chanting uh, Bailey Zappi's name. Bailey Zappi comes in the game, looks fantastic, gives the Patriots the lead. Then all of a sudden, it just all goes downhill again from there. What, what's going on in New England? I, I need to know what's this quarterback situation like. What's going to happen going forward? Who's the guy? Who do you want to be the guy? Being a Boston fan, I don't know how big of a Patriot mm -hmm. fan you are, but let's hear let's hear your opinion. Yeah, I'm a big Patriots guy. I'm just a huge football guy. I played quarterback at university, played quarterback in high school, and I've unfortunately been in these situations. It's not fun for either player. Uh, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones are definitely going through it right now. It's, there's no nobody's uh, nobody's feeling good um, in a quarterback controversy, and it sucks right now that New England's in one. Uh, I suspect Mac Jones to be back in. Uh, I was a little surprised with Bill Belichick pulling him only after uh, six throws, and I was even more surprised by the New England faithful chanting Zappi while Mac Jones was in there. Um, you know, these two, these two guys are very young. They're very young in their NFL careers. I mean, Mac Jones last year, a rookie, a pro bowler, Bailey Zappi, a fourth round pick. It's really surprised people out of Western Kentucky. But uh, I think in the end, Mac Jones is going to be the guy. Um, and uh, I mean, if they go with Bailey Zappi, I think that, uh, you know, we look at his body of work. It was fairly simplistic. I mean, even when he came into the game, he got lucky with two 50-50 balls. Actually, one was a play action ball that was thrown behind Jacoby Myers. He made a nice catch on and then dove in the end zone. And then the next throw was a deep ball down the sideline that was a complete 50-50 ball that Devontae Parker won the matchup against. So, I mean, those are two throws that I think a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL can make. I mean, it's not like he was 
in his wins that he was doing a ton of great things. I mean, he they were running the ball very well with uh, with Damian Harris and, and Mahondre Stevenson, and then working off the play action. I mean, this is the game plan that a lot of teams try to establish in the NFL that just sometimes can't get the run game going. So uh, I think when we look, I think it's going to be Mac Jones, but um, yeah, you hate to see it in the football world, the QB controversy, because like I said, it's not good for any parties involved. I'm so happy you said that about Zappy. His 14-point little stretch there is the most overrated thing I think I've ever seen. That throw where Myers got the touchdown was a dog crap throw. And he made the catch and dove into the end. I was stunned that they even put him in the game. Okay. I would have started Zappy knowing Mac Jones is the guy long-term because you put Mac Jones in, you're setting him up for failure. The fans, they won two straight games. You have to start Zappy and then move back to Mac Jones when Zappy inevitably sucks. So that's kind of my whole take on the thing. I cannot believe that Bill Belichick had it backwards, but it was insane. He's not, he, he was insane. He looked like, I don't know. I think it was just an overrated stretch for Zach. No, I'm saying the situation was insane. Oh, yeah. You don't give up on Mac Jones that easy. That's like not Bill Belichick-like. Yeah, and that's why you start Zappy, and when he inevitably fails, you go back to Jones, and that's the end of Zappy mania in New England. But now they have an actual controversy on your hands. So I agree with you guys. One set of teams that absolutely has no controversy whatsoever are in my opinion the two best teams in the nfl the buffalo bills and the kansas city chiefs okay the last two times that these two teams have played they've been two of the best games in the nfl in the last five or six years i'm talking about the playoff game and the AFC was it the AFC title game no it was the AFC. Yep. obviously it wasn't the yeah, Bengals. It was the, yeah it was no it yep. was the title game the Bengals versus the Bill, the Chiefs. Oh, or the, it was the Bengals. The Bengals made it to the Super Bowl, guys. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it would have been Chiefs, the uh, yeah, Chiefs versus was. Bills was the round. second round. Yep. Um, and I mean, then I in the regular season this yeah. year, both games were instant classics. These are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. How happy are you that we have Manning and Brady 2.0? Uh, it's truly incredible. Uh, I mean, they're must-watch TV week after week, um, and both have a lot of similarities. Uh, I look at their their ability to kind of play quote-unquote backyard football. Um, Patrick Mahomes, especially, um, we look at it. I mean, he's got every arm angle um, and uh, has got all the pitches. Also, I'll, I'll compare it to baseball in terms of off-speed pitches, knowing when to throw the heat, knowing when to you know throw the off-speed pitch. I really, really enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play football. And the same with Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen is so versatile. I mean, he's got a cannon of an arm. He can run the football. Last year, running for over 750 yards on the ground. I mean, uh, I really like these two teams. I expect these two teams to, to face in the AFC Championship game. I mean, these are your one-two seeds. I mean, these two teams are fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited to watch these guys for the next decade. I mean, and it was fun, too. We get to watch them on the golf course during the offseason, too. Yeah, you know I- – Buffalo's excelling right now. I, just New York in general is excelling. You look at the Jets five and two, the Giants six and one. I'm stunned. Uh, how overrated are these Giants and Jets, or are they the real deal? Like I know the Bills at five and one, they're the real deal. I, per, me personally, I think they're the best team in the league, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. And Josh Allen's going to throw forty touchdowns or whatnot. He's been amazing. But what about these Jets at five and two and the Giants at six and one? What do you take out of that? Yeah, I think both these New York teams are fraudulent, uh, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I think that Zach Wilson has been dependent on his supporting cast across. Their defense has been fantastic, uh, the Jets, and they've been kind of 
they've been running into teams that are that are that are flaming out right now that are really struggling so I think when the chips fall at the end of the season, I don't think we're going to see these two teams being successful, especially in the playoffs. I mean, I, I always I always typically look at the quarterback position as we just talked about the Chiefs and the Bills being two of the top teams. Well, that's because they've got great quarterback play and great quarterback play is going to be demanded to have success in the playoffs and, and you know, inevitably go on Super Bowl runs. And these two teams don't have it with Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I get it. They're playing great right now and they have great records. But I could see them losing some games here very soon. Um, I'm not buying what they're saying. Saquon Barkley's been fantastic in New York. Um, their defense is young up front, and they've been, you know, obviously playing very well under uh, Brian Dable uh, uh, for the Giants. But yeah, I'm not buying what these guys are selling on both New York teams. I don't know how you two feel about that, but I'm not buying it. I agree with you. Uh, the NFC is hot garbage. So I think the Giants could squeak in as a wild card team. There's no reason they can't at this point. They already have five wins. If they win three or four more games, they're going to sneak in as you know a, a five or a six seed. And I definitely do think they're going to do that. In the AFC, things are much tougher. They're in a division with the Dolphins, who have won 10 of their last 12 games that Tua Tungavailoa has started. And the Bills, who are the best team in the NFL, or one of the top three teams in the league. So yes, I, I agree with you that the Jets probably sink out and I do think the Giants, I don't know if they rise to the occasion. I think they will be a product of the conference that they play in, though. And speaking of that bad conference that they play in, two of the GOATs, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, are both three and four. Tom Brady's Buccaneers, I'm pretty sure they're first place in the NFC South at three and four, which is just hilarious. But I'm curious, what's your take on these guys? Do either of them break out of it and elevate their teams to where they can. Both of the offenses though have looked puny. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to see one of these two teams go on a run and, and be okay. It's going to be Tampa Bay because of their defense. Um, I mean, they've got a gr lot of great pieces. Their defense is, is so stout when it plays well. Um, the offense and, and Tom Brady has just looked exhausted. I think, um, you know, he needs to do a better job at, um, you know, separating his personal life from the field. I think that that's taking a big toll on him right now. He looks exhausted. Plus he's 45 years old. I don't think that uh, he's completely done yet though. I think that the Buccaneers can turn it around. Like you said, they're still first in the division. The Green Bay Packers, I'm a little bit more worried with. I think they've got to get the ball in Aaron Jones hand more often. Use AJ Dillon. They've got to use the backfield more. Um, obviously when they're falling behind and getting in these kind of close games, they're trying to throw the ball and Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have his guy right now. He's got Robert Tanya who's been there. Uh, but all, a lot of these young receivers uh, haven't been great. Dobbs and, and Christian Watson, I think they're making mistakes. And and uh, Aaron Rodgers really hasn't found his guy right now. So be interesting to see if they make a, make a move for a receiver. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's tough to see. It's still early. Um, I, I think that these two teams can turn it around. I think, too, in the, in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings obviously off to a great start. But we know that they can come back to earth pretty quick. We know that Kirk Cousins can look human at any point in time. And, you know, it's just going to take a few wins. Um, and a few losses for uh, for Minnesota and, and for Green Bay to get right back in that division. And, and uh, I mean, Tom Brady, they're still in first and, and they have been awful. So um, I think uh, I think last week, too, if Mike Evans catches that uh, ball, I think that might be a totally different ball game. You know, the um, the uh, deep post over the middle, he dropped clear touchdown. So we'll see what happens with these two teams. Obviously, I've lost some money the last two weeks betting on these two teams. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I hope uh, I hope they turn it around just for the content. I mean, these two guys, we need them in the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the other big things that's going on this week is the World Series will kick off on Friday, October 28th between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. I called that the Philadelphia Phillies would make the World Series. Vin, you asked me my prediction, and I said I'm, I think it's going to be the Cardinals and the Phillies. I just thought with Albert Pujols getting hot at the right time, 
Or no, that can't happen. What no. did I say? <laughs> you, 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 the Cardinals played the Phillies in the first round. You thought the Phillies would beat the Cardinals. Yeah, never mind then. Completely. I, I, for some reason, I thought I had the Phillies going. I had the Cardinals and somebody else. I think I had the Mariners. Yeah. Cardinals and Mariners. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But anyway, forget what I said there because I was completely going somewhere else. But anyway. You know what the, you meant. Well, whatever. The Philadelphia. Uh, you were Phillies bullish on the Phillies from the get-go. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, whatever. But what I was going to ask you, the most important thing to take away from this is um, what do the Philadelphia Phillies have to do to take down the Houston Astros who are just red hot? Yeah, I think it's going to be to continue hitting. Um, I mean, we look at this this lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies, and it's been fantastic. Uh, Bryce Harper's been great. Uh, Kyle Schwarber's starting to heat up. Um, I think that this team, you know, if they can continue hot with the bats, uh, it's going to be tough, obviously, against the stacked pitching staff for Houston Astros. But um, for me, it's going to take a lot. I mean, obviously, this is an 86-win team in the regular season. We're going up against a 106-win team. Uh, the Astros have been a dynasty. Um, obviously, they've only won the World World Series with a big, uh, um, gosh, asterisk. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think if, if the pitching um, for the Phillies can be strong, I mean, Zach Willard's a great. Um, if they can you know, get some uh, solid starts from their pitching and their bats stay hot. I think that they can be competitive, but I think it's going to be tough, man. I, I, my money's on the Astros. Um, and I think that uh, they're going to get it done. Obviously, um, you know, last year losing to the Dodgers, sour taste probably still in their mouth, but they, they I mean, this team's been fantastic for the last six years. So uh, I think the Phillies uh, kind of Cinderella ass run comes to an end, but you never know. Crazier things happen in seven game series. I agree with you. I am picking the Astros, but they, they've made the World Series. This is now the second year in a row and the fourth time in the last six. In all six of those years, they made it to the ALCS at minimum. It really is a, a dynasty that's just missing a, an extra chip or two, I would say. But if they win the World Series this year, and that's now making the ALCS every single year since the cheating scandal, and then you potentially add a World Series with new players, does that sort of relieve the Astros organization in terms of their general perception in the long haul. Obviously people will always chant FL Tuve and Correa will hear it forever. And so will probably Bregman Springer and, you know, all the guys who like led that team Guriel. But I'm curious, like it kind of feels like it's going away if they win the world series again. Yeah, I think uh, I think that that championship will always be tarnished by you know the cheating scandal. But I think as a, overall, this team, I think that you know we have to appreciate and you have to kind of wonder. I mean, why were you doing it in the first place? Clearly, you're uber talented. Clearly, you know you're stacked head to toe. Um, your lineup was, is so fantastic. You know, why were you cheating? I mean, we can you know, we can ask those questions all day long. But I, I, I mean, I I'm a I'm a realist. You know, I think that people are looking for advantages behind the scenes in every landscape of sport. Um, unfortunately, you know, this one was, was, you know, caught and, um, and, and people, you know, are, aren't happy about it. But I think that, uh, you know, in the end, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to go down as a dynasty and, and, uh, I don't think their run is done yet. I mean, we saw Verlander, I mean, he's still got it. Uh, you know, he's going to be in the Cy Young running it, Cy Young running the AL. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's going to definitely be, uh, it's, I don't know if it's going to overcome the, uh, the tarnished legacy, but it'll certainly give them a little bit more notoriety when it comes to, uh, you know, how good they've been. And it's just stunning. Sorry to cut you off really quick, Frank. No, you're Carlos, Carlos Correa, he leaves, they bring in Jeremy Pena. Oh, and like they, 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 they just keep cycling guys. Kyle Tucker replaces George Springer. Like it's just so many things change for this team and they still are elite it's like 
Yes, they cheated in 2017. It gave them a 1% advantage, and that can be the difference in Major League Baseball. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Go ahead, Frankie. No, yeah, Pena, he's been electric. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to get in over my head, but I just kind of want to throw this out there for debate purposes because I like a good debate. Um, Let's just say for the purpose of the show, the Houston Astros go on and sweep the Phillies, right? It's hard to sweep any team. They swept the Yankees. They swept the Mariners. They're 7-0 and right now. Is this the best MLB team we've seen in our lifetime? Ah, uh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, they would certainly be the most successful. I, it could be the best. 100, they won the, didn't they win the triple uh, crown for the pitching staff, right? Best ERA, best uh, most wins or something like that or whatever it is. They might have. That sounds about right. And they won 106 games. They haven't lost in the – I hope they don't do it. I hope they lose at least two games so they don't break the White Sox <laughs> record 11-1. and one. But That's just me being I biased. Mean, it, it's an honest debate that you could have. Is this the best MLB team we've seen in our lifetime? Yeah, it certainly can be. Um, you know, there's there's been some some great teams, but there's also been some teams that have kind of come out of nowhere like the Phillies and won. So, um, I mean, definitely could could argue that they've been the most dominant team um, that we've ever seen, um, which is, is scary to say, but you know, it's, uh, it, I I've got a part of me that's happy for them. Um, as, as bad as, and as mad as, as some people might get, um, you know, I like to see, um, you know, championship rosters and, and dynasties like this crowned. Um, you know, I've been a fan of watching golden state fan of watching new England, you know, fans of this dominance, uh, because it's fun to watch in sports. Uh, obviously you don't want it to go on forever, but, um, you have to appreciate greatness when it comes around. I have a team to throw out there, though. You guys might disagree. Um, Greg, you might like this. I don't know if you cheer for them, but it would line up with your other favorite teams. The 2018 Boston Red Sox were the best team in spring training, the regular season, and they won the World Series, and they won 108 games. I know they lost a couple more games in the playoffs than this Astros team has, but they played against that Astros team, and they played against, in the World Series, this Dodgers dynasty that's going on right now. The competition might have just been a little bit more stiff for them. I don't know if that's true. I just think they got to be in the conversation as well for in our lifetime. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, the Red Sox have been such a funny team. Hey, uh, it feels like they bought them out, um, you know, have a terrible season and then they're right back in the mix the next season. Um, yeah, they're, they're a funny team to read, but obviously a fantastic year they had in 2018. You're right. Um, but uh, I think, I think when I think about greatness and I think about, uh, I think about prolonged greatness and I think about sustainability and I think that this Astro team has shown it and proved it over the last six years. So I think that that's where we, we could, we could argue that this has been the most dominant team. Uh, of our lifetime is because they've been showing it for over half a decade now. Absolutely. Since 2010, the Red Sox are the only AL East team to win the World Series, and they've also come in last place in the AL East more than every other team in the division. It is literally feast or famine for them. It's crazy, honestly. Uh, Greg, I know you're a big betting guy. Um, <laughs> just, just out of curiosity. If there's anything you want to tell the audience, like any picks you got, you just got a gut feeling. Hate to put you on the spot. I don't know if you know right now anything or if you've looked at any slate of games today, tomorrow, whatnot. Is there anything you're just really feeling right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm an avid sports better, uh, but I'll make it clear. Um, you know, gamble uh, within within reason. Uh, I like to call myself a micro better. Um, I don't put any money that I, you know, would feel bad about losing. So I'll, I'll make that clear. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
uh, a future that I'm really bullish on. And um, obviously, you know, it's tough to get a read on it right now, but it's the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I, I got them at plus 2,300, I do believe, before the season. Uh, I was really happy that they brought in Jack Campbell. I think that he's – and Stuart Skinner, obviously. I think that duo is going to be a little bit more sturdy than uh, the Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen that they've seen. And they've got two of the greatest players in the world. And Connor McDavid will win a Stanley Cup. I will almost guarantee it. All of the great players in the league have won a Stanley Cup, and Connor McDavid will not go uh, without one or multiple. And I think this is a year that they could get it done. Uh, we saw them in the playoffs last year look dangerous. Um, so, yeah, I like the uh, the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. I'm not sure what the live odds are on that. You might be able to get better than plus 2,300, but with a little future sprinkle if, uh, if you're going to be uh, interested in the NHL. That's one that I really like right now. I love awesome. that. And yeah. man, they, they were good in the playoffs last year. And they went down to a team with championship pedigree like the Pittsburgh Penguins a couple nights ago by multiple goals. And they stormed all the way back without McDavid. He was hurt. He left the game and Dreisaitl led. And I tell Frankie, everybody says the Edmonton Oilers are just McDavid and Dreisaitl. You can't win with two players. I'm like, dude, look at their roster. Darnell Nurse is one of the best defensemen in the NHL these days. They got Yamamoto. They got Pugliarvi. They got Evander Kane. Brian Nugent Hopkins is one of the most underrated players in the entire league. So I really like that pick. I would love to see Edmonton win. But, you know, before we get to our last point with you, I do want to ask college football season's getting hot. The AP poll is releasing, it seems like a different top 10 every single week. There are upsets happening all over the place. We kind of know who the big three are at this point, but then again, two of them play against one another next week. And one of them has a big test this week. Talking about Tennessee. I'm curious when it all is all said and done and we reach the college football playoff, where do you see this whole thing lining up? Yeah, I've got a soft spot for Michigan. Uh, obviously clearly uh, I'm a Brady guy, um, but uh, that's going to be a great game too. Uh, in the big 10, the Ohio state uh, Michigan game, but uh, I'm really excited. Uh, I think that this CJ Stroud uh, characters, he's fantastic. Um, I think that uh, Ohio state is going to be a team to be reckoned with. Uh, that's going to be a game. That's going to tell us a lot. I think um, is, um, is that Ohio state uh, Michigan game. Um, but, uh, when the chips fall, I think, uh, we don't want to sleep on Alabama. Uh, I know they had the loss, uh, to Tennessee, but, um, you know, if they can continue to win, I think one more loss will take them out of the playoffs if, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So they've got to, they've got to be, um, you know, mistake free moving on. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I, I think Ohio state will be, you know, my, uh, my team that I'm looking at to, uh, to win the national championship. But I will say being Canadian, it's my weakest of sports in terms of what I follow. So, there might be some sleeper teams out there that uh, I'm not mentioning, but I know that uh, Michigan Ohio State is going to be a big game. And um, I mean, Michigan State pounded Penn State. Uh, was it last Saturday? So uh, that was exciting to watch. I forget the quarterback names, the name for Michigan, but he's uh, he he looks pretty good. Uh, I'm a little yeah, I can't worried think about, of it. Yeah, I'm a little worried about Alabama just because even if they went out and Tennessee somehow pulls off victories over Kentucky and Georgia, <laughs> Alabama doesn't even make the SEC title game. So like they would just be out and that's crazy to think about but greg we're gonna play a game you and your tiktok you guys are incredibly successful and a lot of it has had to do with this one thing that you guys do called guess the athlete and one of the first guests the athletes that i ever saw or one of the first tiktoks of you guys that i ever saw was the guest the athlete so frankie and i are each gonna do two or no we'll each do one we'll each do one for you sure and i'll let frankie go first all right. Well, uh, so what I got an I got an athlete in mind. So what do I got to do? Just answer your questions, right? Yeah. So yeah. essentially, what I'll do is I'll ring through the leagues, 
Um, and then you just kind of answer. I'll be kind of quick, and then I'll dive into divisions, teams. Um, all right, you let me know when you're ready to rock, Frankie, and we'll go. I, I think I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. All right, let's do it. Um, is it a golfer? Hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, tennis, rugby, Olympics, uh, basketball. basketball, NBA. Yeah. Eastern Conference, Western Conference? Um, Western Conference. Okay, Pacific Division, Northwest, Southwest? I think it's the Pacific. I have to double okay, check. Lakers, Clippers, uh, yeah, Kings. Uh, uh, Lakers. Lakers currently playing. Yep. Uh, LeBron, AD, Westbrook. Um, LeBron, AD, Westbrook. Gosh, who else is on this team? Um Dennis Schroeder's there. If you, if you say it, do you want me to tell you you said it? Yeah. Yeah, you said it. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. It's Westbrook. I was getting worried because I'm like, man, I haven't watched them play yet. No, Westbrook. Frank. Westbrook. I knew you were going to pick the second you said basketball. <laughs> I knew you were picking Russell Westbrook. I would have gotten it the second you said basketball. Greg, you don't understand how overrated I think this man is. He goes <laughs> 0 for 11 in like their first game of the season. He is so bad. And I just, I can't get enough. Like, I just, I don't understand the hype around this man, why teams need him. I told you, Vin, that they were gonna, he was going to bring the Lakers down. The Lakers are winless this year. Yeah, they, he's really falling off a cliff. Um, Greg, I mean, Frank, let's not forget, this guy, this guy is the first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he, he at one point was a walking triple-double. Obviously, he is struggling mightily, and maybe he's lost his game in the last few seasons. But uh, you got to feel bad for him because he's playing with maybe one of the great, well, the one of the greatest players of all time, and he's taking all the headlines from him. <laughs> in Greg, a bad way. Frankie does. He started paying attention after Westbrook was in his prime, like with OKC and whatnot, and then he lost like a bet because Westbrook bricked a game-winning shot. And ever since then, he's been his least favorite player in all sports. I'm like, if I invited Westbrook to come on this show, would you be okay with that? No. Like, it is just unbelievable. But because Frankie took basketball, I'm going to steer away from basketball. I was going to do one in the NBA because that's the only sport we didn't really talk about. But I am thinking of a pro athlete. All right. You got one? Yep. All right. Golf, hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, tennis, rugby, Olympics, football, NFL. Yes. Uh, AFC, NFC. AFC. AFC North, East, Southwest. North. Uh, Okay. Um, The Steelers, Bengals, Browns, Ravens. Steelers. Uh, currently playing yes current quarterback or offensive player defensive player special teams offense offense uh quarterback running back receiver tight end back quarterback mitch Trubisky, uh kenny mitch two gloves kick. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny now when you guys do I that is it. it like a timed thing like it's meant to be yeah. a timed thing like how fast you can get to it yeah that's pretty good yeah, you get 30 seconds, so you got to oh, navigate the okay. leagues. And uh, But our audience has had a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, sometimes there's a little tidbit of information that you get at the beginning. Um, sometimes they're impossible. Sometimes they're not even an athlete. Some, you know, Simone Hawk or uh, Tony Hawk and Simone Biles have been – they were kind of a uh, our default answer in the beginning days of it. Um, and then people would ask Simone Hawk and, and Tony Biles and they've mixed the two. Anyway, it's been a lot of fun doing it and I love doing it. I love guessing athletes. It's one of my favorite games to play. And, and, uh, yeah, we've built a, we built a channel around it. I love it. Can I bug you to throw one at me and Frankie? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One, one, one a piece Frankie first. Oh, so now I have to guess his. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll try. We'll see what I can come up with, you know? Okay. How tough do you guys want these? <sighs> make them make them hard if there's hard like guitar hero easy medium hard expert make them hard okay okay uh 
If I don't get it, I don't get it, but I don't want a cupcake. Um, okay, I'm going to write them down just so you know I'm not I'm not fooling around. Okay, Frankie, ready when you are. All right, NHL, NBA, MLB. NBA. NBA. Uh, east or West? Uh, east. Um, Bucks, Bulls. Uh, shit, I'd have to look at the Nets. Bucks, Bulls, Nets, um, Heat, uh, Celtics. Yeah, Celtics, Celtics. Celtics, Celtics. Um, currently playing. Yes. Okay. Um, give me a second. I'm not as quick. I'm not used to this. <laughs> you already lost. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I way lost. Um, man, why am I drawing a blank on like, everybody who plays that for that team? Think about the young studs on that team. Um, yeah, I can't think of his name, dude. Uh, uh, Jason Tatum, not Tatum. Um, he won a big award last year. Man, I'm blanking. Marcus Smart, Frank. But I follow the NBA like pretty closely too. I'm just blanking. Like it's tough. It's it's tough. I I, I feel uh, on the spot. Like <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. Um, when I was doing my NBA, um. You know, that's kind of when I first realized, like, I, you know, this is something that I, I need to pursue. Um, yeah. Caitlin says Frankie's too slow. Um, <laughs> uh, but when that's we were studying for exams, there was a girl on the basketball team, and I used to get her to kind of uh, quiz me with the NBA teams. And it was in 2019, there were some big exams going on, and I was just watching the Masters, just not even studying. I was just like dialed into Tiger Woods at the Masters. So that's when I knew I was like, this is what I love. This is what separates me from all of these. Uh, yeah, brilliant cool. minds doing their masters. So this is what I'm going to pursue, but uh, all right, Vinny, let's do this thing. Um, let's do it. All right, let's do. Uh, hmm. All right. Ready when you are. All right. Ready. Yeah. MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, NHL. 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 Okay. Western yeah. conference, Eastern conference, Eastern conference, um, Metro or Atlantic Metro. New Jersey Devils, Columbus Blue Jackets. New Jersey, New Jersey. New Jersey. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Dougie Hamilton, Ryan Graves, oh, Jesper Bratt. That's a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> that's like giving me NHL Chicago Blackhawks. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I love that. That game is fun. You could get that going, get a couple drinks in you and get that going at a party. Like, that is fun. So you, so you do all sports? Like, all sports? You name it, yeah. You You're name pretty it. good. I think so. Yeah, you want to you want to bring me another one, Frank, <laughs> off the board? Yeah, I do want to bring you another. Frank is like, you just shit down my throat. I'm gonna do it right back. Let's go. Let's All right, go. let's do it. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. I got him in mind already. Okay, golf, hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, tennis, rugby, tennis. Uh, tennis. Okay, it. are they currently playing? Yep. Men's tennis. Yep. Uh, are they Canadian? Nope. Okay. Uh, are we? Uh, are they? Are they ranked in the top five? Yes. Uh, Medvedev. Nope. Um, uh, is it Berrettini? Um, nope. Oh man, uh, I'm terrible with men's tennis. Uh, Djokovic. Nope. Uh, Nadal. No. Um, uh, Federer's retired. Uh, I see the the new guys on the scene. I had Prakash, who is the head of the tennis channel, on the podcast. He was going to be disappointed. Who was he's, it? He's a young guy. He's he just uh, currently became the youngest world number one. Carlos Alcaraz. 
Alcaraz, yeah, the Spaniard, yeah, okay, uh-huh. and, and then he got beat by, or uh, is it Rude from Casper uh, Rude? Yeah, Casper Rude. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to work on my tennis. I don't normally get tennis players. I just, right. I, 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 I love tennis, and I follow tennis. So I figured if he could get, the, I would love to hear him like try, and I love it. That's great. All right, Greg, I got one more for you too. Ready? Go. <laughs> Golf, hockey, soccer, baseball, basketball, hockey. hockey, NHL. Yes. Okay, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Eastern Conference. Uh, Atlantic Metro. Metro. Okay, uh, New Jersey, New York, uh, the Rangers, Islanders, Washington, Islanders. Pittsburgh, Islanders. Are they currently playing? Yes. Forward. Yes. Okay, uh, Matt Barzell, Zach Parise. Um, gosh, uh, <laughs> was it? Yeah. Holy smokes! I was gonna, <laughs> is Wallstrom there? I mean, that team's tough. They got Bailey. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. Yep, he got it. I had to throw Zach Parisi in there, fit him in there some way, somehow. But, Greg, it has been an absolute pleasure having you here on this show. This is one of my favorite shows I've ever done. I love – so we have great guests on all the time, right? Like, we've had John Bucci-Gross. I've interviewed Liam Hendricks. There's been great stuff on this program that we've had. Very few people, though, can come on here and have an intelligent conversation with me about every single sport, no topic off – you know, off band. And you have done that, my friend, and it has been incredible. I'm a big fan and I cannot wait to watch what you got coming up next. So with that, I will ask you to promote yourself, what you're doing with the podcast, any big projects you got coming up, lay it on me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go check out the daily intermission across all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok. clearly uh, go check out the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, Monday, we've got Stanley cup goal clinching young stud on the Tampa Bay lightning Ross Colton coming on. Um, so, uh, and we just had any, um, yeah. So, uh, so make sure uh, you go check us out and, and, uh, listen, Frank, Vinny, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on guys. Thanks for of coming, course. Greg. Really appreciate it. Everybody, Greg Brown, the daily intermission. Make sure you check out the face off or the, the face off. Uh, yeah, check out the face off. Check out the daily <laughs> intermission podcast, daily intermission on TikTok, and we will send you to period number two. Welcome to period two, Frank. What an interview with Greg Brown of the daily intermission. What did you think? That was fantastic, honestly. Such a good guy, so knowledgeable in every sport. Like it's just, it's honestly fantastic. And I was so glad that he was here. Love to have him on again sometime. It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. We will have him back. That was a Banana Lands first period. I knew you were going tennis the second you were like, you do all sports? No, but I love you tennis. You do all sports? Huh? I'll get you back. You get me freaking Marcus Smart, one of the best players <laughs> in the Boston Celtics. And I had a brain fart, so I'm going to yeah. throw at you, one of the youngest tennis players out there. That was hilarious. I just, I just, I knew how smart he is and knowledgeable. I, I thought he'd get it, and like, it's he, nothing he against heard it. Of your yeah, guy. absolutely. And and the fact that he heard of tennis, I want tennis to grow. I wish more people would watch tennis. So I just like, it's kind of a way to get it out there and like try to make it more known, especially people watching the show or whatnot. But one of our guests, Giovanna, says one of the greatest guests. So fun. It was absolutely incredible. I can't thank him enough again. Fantastic. Absolutely. Whenever we're watching one of like the big, is it the Grand Slam, the Big Four? Yeah, the Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the majors they call Grand this, Slam. You are a moron. So like, I'm all in on tennis. Every time there's a big event, I'm in on who's playing good. And that one dude who sucks at everything else except serving, and the serve is like 110 miles an hour. John is there. He can't move, but he's a great server. Yeah, it's like it's like the defenseman who is only good offensively at slap shots. Like that's Isner of mm-hmm. tennis. Like 
in order to get people to watch it, you gotta you gotta make it exciting, and you gotta find ways to elaborate it in such a way where people will be, you know, will be able to relate to it and enjoy it. So Aldo believes that that was a top ten bar. Room. I that, agree. That is high praise. Um, Greg Brown, the Daily Intermission podcast. Make sure you follow him. I'm going through the TikToks yesterday, and one thing I like about I, I told him right to his face that I love people who are knowledgeable in every sport because there are very few people who could just roll out there and know what's going on in the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB. I pride myself on that. I put that work into these programs and fan sided. So man, do I love that. But I also love the passion and the exuberance that comes from Greg Brown when he talks. And we try to bring that on this show. And he had that in his segment with us. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. It sure I, was I agree with all the top 10 barroom guests, hands down. It sure was. And thank you to Caitlin in the chat who pointed him out to me. You know, when we first started talking, it was like one of the very first things that we did. And we played the game with each other. Like, Hey, guess the athlete. And so I love that. We're, we're going to be doing that at parties. I know we got a big Halloween party coming up. I'm going to get a couple drinks with me, and I'm going to start going up to people. Hey, guess the athlete. <laughs> like just randomly. So it's a lot of fun. I love sports with my whole heart, and so does he. And, man, that was great, great stuff. Frank, you know what else is great, great stuff? What's that, VP? When you come into a hockey season knowing that the team is going to be absolute and utter trash, but at the beginning of the year when the standings really don't matter quite yet, and we're not looking at playoff races yet, and we're not looking at lottery tanking races yet. We just enjoy good hockey for what it is in the moment, and that is the Chicago Blackhawks right now who are on a four-game winning streak. What is your takeaway from this great, great run that they're on? And a lot of the games, I wrote an article about it for DeWindy City. It's not a sustainable way of winning. You, you can't go down two, three goals every game and expect to end up winning in overtime like they get, did against Detroit or they pulled off the comeback against who was it they were playing on Seattle. Sunday. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Like that that's not a sustainable way of winning. They almost blew the lead yesterday, but they hung on. The fact remains they won. What do you think? Honestly, they've looked decent. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised around a four-game win streak, right? And then you, you think like – well, I mean, people are going to be upset because you want Connor Bedard, you want to win the lottery, you want maybe Fantilli, at least get one of the top two picks. But ultimately, they look good right now. Their penalty kill is in the top half of the league. They lead the league in shorthanded goals. Um, their power play is third at 33.3%. So I think a big reason for their success right now has been their special teams, both on the penalty kill and on the power play. Staylock has looked absolutely amazing, in my opinion. Um, Peter Mrazek's out with an injury, but he, he really hasn't looked that good. He's been kind of a sieve lately. And I think that's what the Hawks expected is like their way of tanking this year. But I mean, I mean, you look at some of the other teams that are really underperforming right now, like Vancouver still yet to get a win. The San Jose Sharks are two and seven. They lost that game to Vegas last night. It's like, I feel like you can't even try to be as bad as those teams. Like how did the Hawks win the draft lottery when those teams are that bad? Like, but yeah. I, I, they've won four in a row. It, it's been fun to watch. Um, I'm enjoying it. But it gets to a point where it's like, do you actually have a chance to win the draft lottery at this point? Or, like, these teams really bad? I don't know. I, this, these San Jose Sharks look terrible. I didn't say coming dead last in the league. I think they have a chance to win the lottery. When 
Montreal won it last year. They were the worst team in the league. That was like an anomaly. The Devils won a draft lottery finishing third to last and sixth to last. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But it's the like... Hawks the Hawks jumped from 11 to 3 when the lottery was 3. It's just 2 now. Adam Fantilli and Connor Bedard are going to go to two teams that are completely random. Maybe one of the worst teams in the league will one of the, win one of those two spots. But as long as they're in that like bottom five range, I would almost I would almost call coming in dead last a curse. Yeah, do yeah. I think on paper? It depends if they trade Patrick Kane. It depends on the goaltending. There are a lot of factors that will go into their final standings finish. But right now, like I'm not even thinking about that. What I'm looking at is the fact that under Luke Richardson, they are disciplined, they have good special teams, and one through four lines are being rolled out regularly. You're not seeing Patrick Kane be double-shifted. We saw Jeremy Colleton roll out Patrick Kane with the fourth line like a thousand times over his stretch of being the coach, and even Derek King did that a couple times. Like, I I just don't get the logic, like, you know, Kaner's a great player. You roll out four lines, that's winning hockey. And I believe that when the Blackhawks get better players, that will translate to wins with this type of coaching and philosophy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reminds me of the Bears in a lot of ways. Their roster is hot garbage. But Matt Eberflus has these guys disciplined. Justin Fields is developing. We're seeing all these things contribute to the random good win every now and then. Their roster's not good enough. They'll probably win three or four more games the rest of the season, and that'll be about it. It won't be anything spectacular. That's kind of how I feel about the Blackhawks right now. It's not going to be a spectacular season. I still don't think so. I'm enjoying the four-game win streak that they're on right now. But listen, they almost blew that game to Florida yesterday, and if Jonathan Taves doesn't make a great play to get that empty net wraparound, you never know what happens if the rush comes the other way florida's got good players we know how good they are um they've beaten good teams it's not the best strategy style of winning blowing leads coming back from being down i just i'm i'm excited about the direction of this team for the first time in a long time and that is what i'm hoping for as a yeah, coach he is good and look i love their draft picks i think nazar and korchinski are great we'll see what happens to the other kid i'm drawing a blank on his name right now they got um they got him from the pick with Mrazek in the Leafs first round pick. Like, it's just ah, – it, It's going to be really interesting. To, is it Savoy? Yeah, Savoy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it popped in my head right as I was saying it. But for, finally, they have, like, some prospects that you can get, you know, excited about. And the coach is not a complete D-hole. And – the GM actually has a direction for the team. Like it's clear they want to be amongst the worst. There are people that believe that Matvey Mitchkov is as good as Bedard, but he can't leave the KHL till 2026. So there's risk in drafting him. But when 2026 rolls around, are you getting a top 10 NHL player? Like that could be or not maybe top, but like the way Kirill Kaprizov was a risk for the wild. Mm-hmm. And it was like, are we ever going to get him to come over? The Wild set three scouts in their GM to Russia that one offseason, and they got it done. And here he is, one of the best players. Like, that could be Mitchkov. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see who takes the risk. But, you know, if that's the Blackhawks. It it's Sam of- Renzel. Savoy. Who's Savoy? Savoy's on Columbus, I think. I thought there was a kid in the Blackhawks organization with Savoy. But Sam Renzel, that actually does make sense. But – you know, Korchinski and Nazar with him, it, it's a great future. I, I like Reichel. That might be the one draft pick that Dan Bowman 
left behind that isn't a complete bust. They traded Doc. They traded Bowden today. They traded Boquist already. I mean, Yoki Haru's gone. It's just crazy to me that all those first-round picks were so bad. And in 2018, dude, they drafted Boquist and Bowden in the first round, and that stopped them from taking Bowen Byram the next year in favor of Kirby Doc. I will never get over that. Colorado just has Bowen Byram. And he'll always be their second best defenseman behind Makar. But that just boggles my mind every single day. But man, the Blackhawks are in a good place now. I believe that they they're have fun a to watch. Direction. They're yeah, on a they're path. Good. Yeah, they are on a path, and they're fun to watch. And the game against Edmonton tomorrow, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think. And boy, if the Hawks could win that game, around a five-game win streak, it's just electric. That certainly would be really cool. Hopefully, that is something that works out for them because Edmonton, man. They're fast. They're skilled. Hawks haven't had much success against them in recent memory. I, I do believe McDavid probably takes full advantage of their thin defensive ability. And we'll, I, I would start Staylock so that Soderblom doesn't have to be subjected to. Staylock's been hot, though. He has been hot. but He's got a 209 goals against in four games, three and one. That's pretty good. Yep. Um, do you believe that um, – Staylock, he reminds me of a very poor man's Broder because he like he's all over the place. He doesn't, he's not a hybrid, like he's not a butterfly, he's just there. And that is very Broder to me. He plays the puck behind the net. We have a huge trade to announce in the NFL. This is absolutely huge. And I will certainly report on it for DeWindy City as soon as this show is over. But the Chicago Bears have traded David Quinn or Robert Quinn. I, I still got my mind that. on hockey. Robert Quinn to the seven and zero. Are they seven and zero or six and zero? Philadelphia six Eagles. and zero. They were on a bye. That's right. And man, that Eagles team just got a premier pass rusher. Wow, that's huge. That is really interesting. So we'll see if that's able to you know help the Eagles solidify their status in the NFC. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with the Hawks. I think I think they they're on the yellow brick road to success. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. They're very fun to watch right now, and we'll uh, we'll see how the the rest of the season goes. Absolutely, and I want to get your opinion while I tweet about those Chicago Bears trading Robert Quinn from the DeWindy City account last night. Phil Kessel broke Keith Yandel sunk <laughs> streak for the most career NHL games played in a row that he beat last year. He broke Doug Jarvis's record, Keith Yandel. Sonk! Um, then the Flyers scratched him. Just complete D-holes scratching him at uh, 898. It was 889. Or no, 989. 989-989. They scratched him, and that broke his Ironman streak, allowing Phil Kessel to break it with relative ease this year. And then he scored his 400th career goal in that game where he broke the record. He scored a goal. That would have been his 400th in the game where he tied it, but it was waved off for offsides because his old team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, challenged it. But what do you t- what do you make of Phil Kessel? I mean, I know we talked about it a little bit with Greg, but in your own words, what is Phil Kessel? He reminds me of like the everyman, like he's me and you. He likes to eat hot dogs and drink Coca-Cola. Like, what's going on in your brain with Phil Kessel? He's your standard man that just wanted to play hockey. That's what I think when I think of Phil Kessel. 
You take a look at his career. You got 400 goals. He's played a total of 1,211 games. Um, and in those 1,211 games, he has 959 points. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. I mean, what he's done over his career, I would sign up for his career. Incredible career. He's not point per game, but not everybody. You got to really be like elite to be point per game and still almost having a thousand points in 1200 games. That's still very good. And I would definitely sign up for that in two Stanley Cups. And what an amazing career this man has had. He's gotten to travel the world on so many different teams, be a part of the new franchise. I mean, this he's just living it up right now. And not only do you have to be good, you have to be a good player to last this long. Be in every game for 990 straight games. Got to get lucky too, and those were some of his words uh, as well. But yeah, I mean, what a, what an absolute great human being! Um, it's just great to see. Phil Kessel is, you know, when we used to play those GM connected leagues back in the day, NHL 12, um, so many years ago. Um, he was a sought out player that everybody would want on their team. They always wanted Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel, because they knew how dominant he was. He used to be that player in the league that, like, you just look at him and you're like, oh, yeah, or he's just, like, one of the faces of the NHL. And, unfortunately, his, you know, his career has dropped a little bit, but that's expected, especially for a player of his type. But Phil Kessel, absolutely great. It was almost poetic to say he scored his 400th goal in the same game he broke the Ironman streak. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a great hockey player. And would you call him a Hall of Famer? I was going to ask you that. My logic is usually – it's usually if you have to think about it, no. And I have to think about it. He's won the Stanley Cup two times, but – I don't think he, he's a Hall of Famer. He wasn't the leader of the Stanley Cup teams. Um, You know, he was behind Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Fleury, Murray. Like, he was a very important piece. I believe he led them in scoring in the first year. But – I think Phil Kessel is one of the game's most recent, you know, all like great players. And, you know, he was traded from the Boston Bruins to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He never played a game with the Bruins. I don't think he might have played a couple, but it wasn't part of his streak that he, you know, he did play for the Bruins. He definitely played for the Bruins, but it wasn't part of this streak that's consecutive. And then he was traded to Toronto for the second overall pick that ended up being Tyler Sagan. And then he played for the Leafs all those years. Then he got traded to Pittsburgh for Kasperi Kapan in a first round pick. Then he goes to Arizona. Things didn't really go well there. Things, things seem to be okay um, with Vegas right now. He hasn't missed a game since recovering from shoulder surgery in 2009. It's crazy. That's unbelievable. He didn't get hurt. He didn't ever just take a game off. He never even had a cold or anything. He got through the COVID-19 pandemic <laughs> without testing positive and missing a game one time. That is unbelievable what this guy has done. He has maintained a status where he is good enough to play in X amount of games. It is just incredible the way he's been able to get to this record. He's 10 more away from 1,000. 
I never thought anybody would break Doug Jarvis's record. So I'm not going to say that nobody will ever break Phil Kessel's record. It seems highly unlikely, but it seemed highly unlikely that Jarvis's number would ever be passed. And then when Keith Yandel sunk, did it, it was really impressive. But Phil Kessel, what a career. It, listen, if he's not Hall of Fame, he's Hall of Very Good. You look at his resume, he's got two Stanley Cups. He's going to have a 1,000 points. He's got this Ironman record. He is an Olympic silver medalist. I said the two-time Stanley Cup champion, 400 goals. I don't know. It's a compelling case, but I, I think whenever so. you have to make a case, it's probably a no. Like when I say your name, if it's yes, that's a Hall of Famer in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of depends on the sport. A lot of guys make it to the Hall of Fame in basketball. Like Jimmy Butler is going to be a Hall of Famer. Russell Westbrook's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, in football, if you have a crap ton of passing yards, like you're probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Like Phil Rivers and Eli Manning will probably make it. But in hockey and baseball, it's supposed to, it's it's hard and I don't know. I it's a tough conversation, but I think uh I think Phil Kessel's had a really good career and I'm proud of him. I'm happy. He did the intermission. He's someone asked him, I can't remember if it was Leah Hextall or Weeks or it was someone and did you ever wake up not wanting to play, but you just did? Oh, yeah. I was going to mention and, that to you. <laughs> he, he, he goes, yeah, all the time. But, you know, I like to play. I say I like to play, so I play. So shout out to Phil Kessel. Yeah, he, he very fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So last night, the New York Rangers played against the Colorado Avalanche. And it reminded me of like Bills versus Chiefs. Like it is just two of the most exciting teams in the league. The Rangers have struggled a little bit. I don't think they're like the status of the Bills or the Chiefs and to the NHL yet. They very well could be by the end of the year, but they have to prove it a little more. They were in the conference finals last year, but this felt like a very, very good game. It was one of the best games of the season. It had everything. It had goals. It had six saves. It had highly skilled plays by highly skilled players. I think Miko Rantanen is going to be a Hall of Famer. I do believe that. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, Fox versus Makar. Fox scored a goal off of a nice pit play. Harvard to Harvard. Jimmy Vesey made a sick pass to get it back to him after Fox started an incredible rush. Did you catch any of this game, the highlights? What's yeah. What's going on from the Rangers avalanche to you? Well, there were a total of 90 shots on goal, which was just insane for a game that only ended 3-2. to two. Um yeah, I mean, this was a very good game. There, yeah, like you said, it had everything. Power play goal, shorthanded goal, even strength goal. You name it, the game had it. A lot of chances both ways. I mean, this could be a contender for game of the year. It could also be a Stanley Cup preview, potentially. Um, you, you never know. These two teams are titans right now, and we know how good the Rangers are going to be, and we know how good Colorado is. And um, one thing that's very surprising about this Colorado Avalanche team, something I didn't expect, is – Nikushkin's got seven goals. He's tied for the lead in leading goals right now. Like, can we have a surprise for the Rocket Richard? Or is that like a little like, all right, maybe not. He's not going to get that many goals, but this guy's hot right now and he's on the team. Being on the Colorado Avalanche could definitely help you do something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, it was a very good game. There's a lot of hockey to be played left for the rest of the season. So we'll see some pretty good matchups and contenders for game of the year. But it was definitely an entertaining game to watch. 
He's on pace for like 65 goals. I, I, I'd be surprised if he hits 40. But I also think he could get 30. People forget Valeri Nichushkin was a first-round top 10 pick by the Dallas Stars in 2013. And he was okay with them in his first couple years with Dallas, but then he left to go to the KHL because they couldn't reach a contract extension. And then he comes back and he's traded to Colorado. And every year he starts to resurge himself more and more. And now he's like really living up to that top 10 pick potential. That's the power of a good organization like Colorado. They can take a busted first round pick Mm -hmm. and maybe get a little bit more out of them than we thought. Again, is he really hot right now? Yes. Do I think he definitely benefits from having guys like McCarr, McKinnon, Ranton, and Hall of Famers potentially around him? Yes, I do. But at the same time, he's an incredibly skilled player. He's a big body. He's hard to move. He's a physical presence on the power play. Um, he even five on five, he can out muscle just about anyone he plays against. He's a highly skilled player. Colorado's lucky to have him at this point. The fact that Valeri Nachuskin is like their seventh best forward, maybe not seventh, probably like fifth or sixth best forward. That's saying something. And I'm happy for him, to be honest with you. He's going to get paid next time that comes up for him, but we'll see. Yeah, no, very good game. Very entertaining. Ends in a shootout, but yeah. Yeah, I hate shootouts. That's why I said it. <laughs> Absolutely can't stand them. It's fake hockey. You have that great game. Like, you're telling me if you played three on three for five more minutes, it wouldn't have gotten settled? Or even if you, like, a unlimited three on three? If you had unlimited three on three, how many games would go past the 10-minute mark in overtime? It should be like the NBA. There's no ties. There's no shootouts. Just keep playing overtime. Yeah, I agree. I three on it. three overtime. I absolutely hate it. Um, there's a reason you get rid of it in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just fake hockey. So I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't believe many three-on-three games would get past the 10-minute mark if they just did continuous three-on-three. Like, I, I would rather do four minutes of three-on-three and then unlimited or, or unlimited four-on-four – or excuse me, I'll get it right eventually – five minutes of four on four and then unlimited three on three after that. And I think that would really, that would get rid of the shootout and not many games would go very long. I just don't think so. I mean, most, most playoff games end in the first overtime and that's five on five. So three on three, these guys are trading, trading chances for chances and eventually they'll get tired and it won't, it won't, there won't be too many games every now and then there'll be that oddball game that like takes forever, but like that can't be the, you know, the rule. It has to be the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It has to be the exception, not the rule. Like I just, I hate shootouts so much, but Frank, one team that has been surprisingly okay to start this season. And I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team or anything like that, but they have been surprisingly okay so far to start this season. And that, is the Seattle Kraken. They are what? They're 3-3 three, three and 2 mm-hmm. to start the season. Like that. And they looked good at times. 
I like what I'm seeing from the Kraken. Matty Beniers has been a great forward for them. They're getting production from all over the ice. Shane Wright's been off to a miserable start to start his NHL career. They barely play him. He's got one point. But in terms of just overall success, the Seattle Kraken, man, they're looking pretty good. They're exactly what I said. They'd be competitively bad. They're a competitively bad team. They've beaten teams this season like Colorado and Buffalo. That they've lost to teams like the Chicago Blackhawks and the Anaheim Ducks. So, and both of those games that they lost to the Hawks and Ducks were one goal games. I said they're going to win games by one goal. They beat Colorado three to two. This is exactly the team that I expected going into the season. A competitively bad team that'll win games they shouldn't by one goal and lose games that by one goal. I mean, I think I nailed this team on the head. To be honest with you, like I, I'm very proud of that. Jared McCann has looked great for them. Shane Wright, like you said. <laughs> absolute dud right now ben years has looked solid he's looked great thing that worries most about this team though is their goaltending you got martin jones grubauer's on ir right now um and eh, i don't know grubauer's a very good goalie but now you're on the seattle crack and so that changes a whole different ball game martin jones he's he's okay i mean he's not gonna lead them to this playoff stanley cup i don't think but other than that this is the team I expected, and I think, um, I mean, it's hard to say right now, but maybe the Montreal Canadiens not taking Shane Wright was a good thing, but, I mean, you, you don't know. I mean, he's only played, what, how many games in the NHL, so it's hard uh, to say. Right, so it's hard to say, but um, not looking so good for him, but the Kraken, competitively bad. Competitively bad, so... You don't buy them as a bubble playoff team? No, but they're they will they will play hard fought games the whole year. You don't want to play them if you need a win to make it to the playoffs. They're not gonna be the team you wanna play no. again in no. March. No. I agree. Even even if they're really bad, they're just gonna be that competitively bad. You don't wanna just why play them if you don't have them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. One team that is not competitively bad, they're competitively great, is the Calgary yeah. Flames, who also Honestly. play in the Pacific Division. They are on fire, no yeah. pun intended. I really like what Calgary does. Um, they run their team as if they're trying to win at all costs. And they went out there and got Nazem Kadri, who's been everything they needed and more. That was on full display last night when they beat – I can't – was it the Pittsburgh Penguins that they yep. beat? Uh, Yeah, the Penguins rolled through Alberta. That's right. They beat, they lost to both Calgary and Edmonton. And Calgary's just so good. They're they're so good. I know I keep repeating it. It's hard to really put into words what this team is capable of. I think they're a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. Do I think they'll win the cup? I don't know. One team wins the cup. There are six or seven teams that are in that mix, but Calgary's one of them. I love what I see from them. Yeah, so they're five and one right now, and with those five and one games, those through the first six games, they haven't had one cupcake of a team. Every team they've beaten is a very good hockey team, which says a lot that you're five and one of those games. You also have to think about they play nine of their first ten games at home this year, which is definitely going to help them. So then later on in the year, they're going to have to make up some of those away games, which could hurt them. But I think this team's just way too strong; they'll overcome it. Uh, it's not going to be a big deal for them. You know, when we heard rumors that Goudreau's going to be traded and Kachuk's going to be traded, I'm like, well, there's just no way. This team's a contender. You had such a great season last year. There's no way you're just going to let this team die. They're, the potential is here. Got to make something happen. Pick up Huberto, pick up Kadri. And the moral of the story and the biggest factor of this story is that 
Kadri has been like this the biggest team piece they've had over Jonathan Huberto. He's been absolutely insane. So glad they got Kadri. It just made the most sense. They had the cap space to do it. We we talked about them getting him. Markstrom's great again. Um I, I never gave enough respect to Markstrom. I, I that was probably one of my worst takes from last year. Um he, he's the real deal, man. And I love Jacob Markstrom and this team wants to contend and I think they will contend. And arguably you could make a, a debate and an argument for that they look stronger than when they had what than when they had Goudreau and Kachuk. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And Goudreau and Kachuk are off to great starts with their mm-hmm. new team. There's no doubt about it. But they got a new look. They kept failing in the second round, third round with what they had, and now they got a playoff battle-tested Nazem Kadri who's been through it all. He's made adjustments to his playoff games to stop getting suspended and all that kind of stuff. And they got Huberto, who's one of the best passers in the NHL. So, you know, both of them will be near 100 points, if not over 100 points. And Calgary as a team will certainly be over 100 points. So they're exciting to watch. Another team that's exciting to watch is a team that's been a bit surprising. We touched on them a little bit with Greg Brown from the Daily Intermission podcast. His favorite team, the Boston Bruins. Mm -hmm. They have only lost one time. It was a tough loss to the Ottawa Senators, who they can score goals. You know, we we talked about them as a potential competitively bad team going into this season. You talk about being competitively bad. That could be Ottawa right now. They might even be competitively good. We'll see. But I think the goaltending is going to be what's going to hold them back. And they lost Josh Norris for the probably the season now, which is a really tough blow to their roster. But the Bruins, man. They keep finding a way. No Marshan, no McAvoy yet. McAvoy will probably be a little bit later. Marshan probably sooner than later. Um, Bergeron's doing his thing. David Pasternak is one of the very best wingers in the NHL. I love what I'm seeing from him. Um, I, I like this team, man. The Swayman Allmark duo. They do that thing where when they win, they give each other I a love big that. old hug. Mm-hmm. It's outstanding. And Jim Montgomery is their coach back from a little bit of an absence to deal with some off ice issues and he's back in the NHL. The Bruins are rolling. They are rolling. They got the best record in the NHL right now. So they're, they're in the lead for the president's trophy. Um, a lot of hockey to be played left, but um, I think this is the year they have to go all in. And I think Greg agreed with me a little bit. Um, they got a lot of one year contracts and, you know, next year it's just not certain what's going to happen. This team could do a complete 180. If the play, if a majority of their players leave or whatnot, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think this is the opportunity where you're doing so well right now, and you have the skill on your team at this very moment that maybe they have to go all in at the trade deadline and get some extra pieces just just to have. Um, I think that's something they should consider if they're not considering it already. But yeah, I mean, you look, Marshan's not even on the team right now; he's out with an injury. So Pasta's leading the way. David Krejci has been fantastic since his return. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, another great um, guy that is, uh, has always been great for the Boston Bruins. But I think this is really the year they have to like completely go all in. I used to be on that train where the Bruins were, they better win their cup this year because I was thinking about the Krejci and the Bergeron return, one-year contracts and whatnot. Then I started looking at the rest of their roster. And yes, losing Krejci and Bergeron will hurt. They will need to find ways to replace those guys if they leave. But Marshan's going to be around a while. Pasternak is going to be around for a while. McAvoy, Taylor Hall, Hampus Lindholm, both goaltenders, Brandon Carlo. 
Um, I believe their Forbert Clifton pair is their best pair statistically so far defensively. Nobody even talks about them. That that's a top five defense that's amongst the best in the NHL. Clifton. Um, who's the other one I said with Clifton? I forget. Clifton. I literally just had it. I literally just said it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now I lost it. Clifton, uh, Carlo, Grizzlick, McAvoy, Lindholm. Okay, that defense is there for a long time, and it's sick. They're going to have Pasternak lead the way for the next however many years they sign him for. He does need a contract. I think Taylor Hall's having a resurgence. I'm not sure about MVP Hall, but 80-point Hall could be back. He's on pace for it now. Um, I really like this group. And if Coyle, DeBrusque, if those guys can contribute just a little bit, uh, I actually do think they're going to be pretty good next year and beyond. Maybe they got to find a way to replace Bergeron, right? They got to go find their Nazem Kadri in free agency or something like that. Maybe they go for Patrick Kane, you know, in the long term, not in the trade deadline or anything like that. But maybe they take that money that Bergeron and Krejci leave on the table and they go throw seven million at Kane. And maybe he wants to play in Boston. You know, they could certainly use a guy like that. Like there are just so many ways that the Bruins can replace those guys if they do leave after these one year deals. Um I'm not saying you're wrong about them going all in this year because they do have Bergeron and Krejci still this year and nothing's given in the years coming up. But I'm a little less worried about their roster long-term than I was, say, three or four weeks ago because of what I've seen so far this season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the younger guys on the team step up when some of these veterans are gone. But uh, not only Krejci and um, Bergeron, but I'm pretty sure they got another handful of players who are on one-year contracts too, and that's just a lot of players you got to try and resign. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there were some pretty big names on one-year contracts. And Pasta's a free agent. I think that's a problem that needs to be addressed soon. Um, they apparently work on it every day. Pasternak's been vocal about that, and Bucci tweets about it every single day. I'm pretty sure it's in Bucci's Twitter bio name right now. Something about a Pasta extension, and he's going to give away all this Bucci overtime merch when Pasta signs an extension. So I do think it's coming, but, man, the Bruins are one of the more interesting stories so far in this NHL season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And speaking of stories, Frank, I've gone the entire – show without mentioning the New Jersey Devils and I'm going to keep it that way because they won a game last night what's your favorite NHL storyline going on right now well something happened yesterday and I saw the headline and I go this is just insane and I before you even sent me the, the show what the show would be today I said I'm writing this down because I know he's going to ask what's my favorite story I just want to get this out there it's nothing like it's not this long-winded story it's just something I just completely boggled my mind and if it was a headline on espn i mean it's it's somewhat big because it's somewhat surprising too but the blackhawks won their first three home games for the first time since 1983 that boggles my mind of how good this team was and you're telling me they couldn't win their first three home games and a team that that's supposed to be really bad is the year almost 40 years later that you win your first three home games in almost 40 years that's just insane to me I'm not trying to poo-poo on your story, but that just doesn't sound right. Yep. Trust me. They went 21-0-3 to start. What's it called? Yeah, I don't know. It was on ESPN. It was they must one of those three must have been a loss at home within the first three home games. It, it had to be. It could have been. 
That is unbelievable. 21-0-3, and one of them was, it had to be, an, they're obviously counting overtime losses. I could give, it, it could have been like their first, the home opener. Because I know they always struggled when they raised the banner. They always yeah. lost their first home game. Every time they raised the banner. Yeah, well, I remember 21-0-3 started with L.A. raising their banner and beating them mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah. When, they, when L.A. beat the Devils in the Stanley Cup final, the Hawks it's- went into their building the next year and beat them in their banner raising. It was the short season. It's but- been almost 40 years. Since the Blackhawks have won their first three, and this stinky ass roster—that's what I'm saying. That is unbelievable. I know. I said I have to write this down. That is really cool. Um, this isn't my favorite story of the week, but it does kind of bounce off yours a little bit, and I think some of the fans listening will enjoy this. The Blackhawks. Hold on, let me find it. Let me find it. I'll find it eventually. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong spot. I got to find it. I know where to find it. Just give me a second. Because I have a stat that bounces off of your little soliloquy about them winning a bunch of games or three games in a row at home to start a season. All time, the Chicago Blackhawks are 91, 8, and 5 when both Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves score a goal. 6 and 1 in the postseason. That's insane. I've heard that stat, some a, a version of that stat, like years ago, but it just it keeps growing. Because I think before they got bad, there was an undefeated streak in there, where like they won fifty straight games, where both of them scored a goal. Mm-hmm. And ninety-one, eight, and five—that is one hundred and four games. No, one hundred and three games. That eight and five, 104. No, 101, eight, yeah, 104. 104 games that they each scored a goal. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I'm trying you to think, think it happened a little more, though, right? Like, kind of, maybe. It's think hard about, to score goals in the NHL. Think about how many games they play together, though. Yeah, but Kane's got what 400 something, and Taves probably has 300 something. That's true. So, so yeah. It's hard to score goals in the NHL, man. Ovechkin's got 750, and that's third most all time. Like, I wonder how many games – I wonder how many days Ovechkin and Crosby scored on the same day. They just did it a couple days ago, the game – the Devils game. Did they put up a stat? Huh? Did they put up a stat, like how many times it's happened? No. But I remember earlier in the season – this season, there was a game where like seven number one overall picks scored a goal in the same day. Like Heeshear, Hughes, Darlene, all of them had a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, Nugent Hopkins. The only ones that didn't, and McDavid, the only ones that didn't were Austin Matthews, who scored 60 last year, Ovechkin and Crosby, who were the two best players of their generation. Like it was just, it's funny how things work out sometimes. But speaking of Darlene, my favorite NHL story is how. The 2018 number one overall pick, Rasmus Dahlin, set an NHL record for scoring five goals in his team's first five games. No player has ever – no defenseman 
Is it no defenseman or no player? I think it's. No I don't know. I saw that though. Has never done that before, and I think that is incredible. He's hearing all of this about Cam McCarr and Adam Fox and um, what's the other one? I'm John. I should be mentioning in addition to those guys. Uh, there are just so many great young defensemen in the NHL. And Rasmus Stalin's like, hello, me, I'm over here. I've been stuck in Buffalo since I started, but now the team's actually pretty good. And, you know, I'm one of the best defensemen in the NHL too. As of right now, he's the early Norris Trophy favorite. I'd lay a couple bucks on him. I don't think he's necessarily going to win, but his odds are probably pretty good right now. And, hey, Rasmus Stalin, why not? I mean, he absolutely could. Yeah, we, Neither I of us mentioned him. No, neither no, of us no, mentioned no. him. But when you're the number one overall pick and you're that good offensively and you're the go-to guy on your team. There's no reason. So my favorite NHL story is seeing Rasmus Dahlin boom into one of the game's great stars. Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid set an unrealistic expectation for first overall picks. That's just a fact. McDavid, he got hurt in his first year, but he still had 60 points and 40 games played or whatever it was. Austin Matthews scored 40 goals in his rookie year. They became superstars the second they stepped on the ice. That set up Rasmus Dahlin, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, Alexis Lafreniere. That set all of those guys up for not failure because none of them failed, but it set them all up for disappointing first two seasons because it took them a little while to actually become sick. Now Nico Heischer is well over point per game. Jack Hughes is one of the best players in the NHL. Dahlin's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. It didn't happen right off the bat, and I preach that to people. Listen, look at Shane, not even Shane Wright, Slavkovsky. He's been okay for Montreal, but it's going to take years for him to become that awesome, awesome top-line winger. Give guys time. Even Shane Wright, he's looked awful. They've been health-bombing him. Give them time. You'll know when they're officially a bust. It's not now. It's not now. Look at Darlene. Look at Heischer. Just telling you. So that's my favorite true. story. I mean, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you on them. You want to have some fun? I always want to have some fun. I mean, the first two periods were very fun. Very fun. But I will say that it is time to talk about anything and everything in period number three. Welcome to period three. Frank, what a good show we've had so far, recapping the NHL. It's been a very good show. Greg Brown from the Daily Intermission. We touched on the NFL a little bit with Greg. I want to get your thoughts on something. Mm -hmm. We'll go into a couple different NFL topics, but the first thing I want to get to is the fact that the NFC fucking stinks. It is brutal. The Vikings are good. The Eagles are good. I think the Cowboys and Giants are okay. Green Bay is bad. I think Green Bay is bad. They're going to get shelled by Buffalo and be three and five. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I can't wait either. Uh, Sunday night football. Cannot wait to watch Sunday night football. Bears or Green Bay. Buffalo oh one of the premier games. Because even though Green Bay stinks, they're one of the premier teams because they have Aaron Rodgers and because of their recent success. That's an exciting Sunday night football game. And seeing Josh Allen go up against Green Bay at home should be a lot of fun. And if they're three and five, and my Vikings win another game and they're six and one, and they have a three-game stranglehold on the NFC East or NFC North, 
that's where it, what it's all about. But as a whole, the NFC blows. And the 49ers, they added Christian McCaffrey. I don't yeah. think the 49ers are bad by any means because I think of the three and four teams that are that were supposed to be good, like Green Bay, like Tampa Bay, like the 49ers, the 49ers are the most likely to pull out of it, in my opinion, because their roster is so stacked. And they traded for McCaffrey and then had to play the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs would be just about everybody. I do think the 49ers are set up to go on a nice little run here now, though. Yeah, and you know, you talked about the Giants. I don't think the Giants are a great team, but I don't think they're as bad as people think they are either. Um, I mean, obviously, that's the Eagles' division to win. But, and now with Roquan, oh my God. Or no, was that Roquan? No, who got Roquan, right? Roquan Smith? Wait, traded? Yeah. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, Robert Quinn, which is huge for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's insane. I mean, um, an elite team added a premier pass rusher. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's and Skyler says Bears traded uh, Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. That was breaking news. How long ago would you say now? Uh, like a half yeah. hour. Yeah. For a yeah. fourth round it's pick, crazy. right? Well, it was a fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the NFC right now. Uh, he, I mean, I'm looking here at the divisions. Like, it really does stink. I mean, the whole NFC South, not one team is above 500. The NFC North, only one team's above 500. Uh, the NFC West, there's only one team above 500. And it's the Rams at four and three, right? No, it's the Seahawks at oh, four the and Seahawks, three. Oh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks, yeah. The Rams are three and three. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and, and listen, Geno's been pretty good. Geno's mm-hmm. look solid. Um, I got a little more faith in Geno now that what I've seen from him, but I would still think it's probably the Rams division to win. That's fair. I don't I don't know if the Seahawks are going to be able to sustain this success for 10 more games. But um the Cardinals have looked really bad. I thought I was expecting a lot more out of them. But Kyler Murray, man, he does not look good at all. And I said that about Joe Burrow and now Joe Burrow looks like the Joe Burrow we know. So thank God on that. But Kyler Murray, I don't I'm think there's the Bengals. I, I don't think there's any hope for Kyler Murray, honestly. Like to ever be good? I think we saw a fluke last year. And then the fact that they couldn't even win that playoff game. Like Kyler Murray is a great quarterback, right? At least I think so, maybe. I think but he is. My opinion's kind of changing on him a little bit. My opinion's changed on the Cardinals. Ky- Kyler Murray, that, that's a bad coach. He, a he, bad runs, he runs around too much. Yeah, but like that, that works. That works for people. You got to build around that. Yeah, take his strength. It works for like the Lamar Jacksons because like he's great when he runs the ball and takes off. I just don't think Kyler Murray. I don't think that's his play style. I don't know. He doesn't do it correctly. I, I see. In my opinion, it's the Cardinals setting him up for failure because John Harbaugh sets the Ravens' offense around Lamar Jackson's skill set. In Philly, they do the same thing for Jalen Hurts, and it works. The Bears are quickly learning it with Justin Fields. Like, hey, let this dude make plays with his legs, and that'll open up the game with his arm. Kingsbury has just been brutal at designing offensive schemes for the Cardinals so far this season. I think you'll see Kyler Murray get back to that level one day. I don't see it this year, but they stink. They do stink. They're ter- like you said, the NFC stinks. Except the NFC East is decent, very competitive. The NFC East is decent, and we all expected it to stink. 
<laughs> the Commanders have wins over the Bears and the Packers. Commanders are in last, and they're competitive. Yeah, I agree. I think the Giants will fall off. We'll see. They still will make the playoffs, I think, because the NFC is that poor. And the South is going to pump out a team that's 9-8 and eight or 10-7, and seven, you know, if the Bucks go on a run. But if the if the Giants win this week, it would be surprising. They're in Seattle. I think Geno's going to – I think this is a wake-up game for the Giants. I think they're going to lose this game. I, I'm, I do think Seattle's going to end up winning this game. But then after Seattle, um, they're home against Houston. They, they could win that game. Then they're home against the Lions. They could win that game. They so sure. now you're you're looking at potentially eight and two. But if they beat Seattle, are, are we going to see them? Um, let's see, seven and one, eight, nine and one. The Giants. That, that would be it. I, I'll say this: I will buy stock in whoever wins the Seahawks Giants game. Whoever loses that game comes back to earth, in my opinion. Uh, but then again, the Giants, even if they lose, you're right. They have Detroit and Texas. And they're home for both games. And if you look at like most NFL power rankings, the Houston Texans are in dead last, 32 out of 32. And a lot of them have the Lions at 31 out of 32. And then the the rest of the games after that get a little bit tougher. Actually, probably a lot tougher. They got to play the Eagles twice. Um, They got to play the Colts, which won't be easy. They're in Dallas for one of the games play the commanders twice after that. So those will be competitive games. But up until then, there's a potential for them to be nine and one. If if they're nine and one, they'll make the playoffs because then they could lose out and be nine and eight. I think nine and eight is. And I don't think they would lose out. They're going to win one of those games. That, yeah. Right? Like, commanders that you think they'd win one. Yeah. Maybe two. So yeah, I'm, I'm buying the giants. Actually, you changed my mind right there. You just changed my mind. They're, right They're, there. they're better it. than people think, but they're not as good as people think either. Yeah. Though. I agree with that, and Saquon Bartley's a dog, but I, I just think, yeah, I'm with you. I'm buying the Giants because even if they lose to Seattle and get to eight and two, then you need one more win to be a nine-win team, and I do believe nine and eight gets you in the playoffs in the NFC. I do. And honestly, they could win maybe two to three of those games. What the I, hard I think- ones? Well, I could see them. They 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 play home against the Colts later in the season. Yeah, they, they can could win, win that, that game. game. Yeah, they They're, could win or lose that game. That's a win or lose. Yeah, me. it's kind of like the Seattle win or lose game, and I and I think they're going to take at least one against the Commanders. So we're me talking too. about a potential ten win team here. And if things shake their way, and let's say they do beat Seattle, right, and they do take care of Houston and um, Detroit, and they're nine and one. Now we're talking about they take both against Washington. Yeah, they absolutely could. That's 11. Then you beat the Colts. That's 12. The problem is, is when you walk into the playoffs and see who you have to play. I don't think they're a playoff ready team. Yeah, that may be. And there'll be a wild card team because I don't think the Eagles are slowing down anytime soon either. And so if they're a wild card team, they'll have to go on the road. But if they go on the road and play the Bucs, like... The that would be it? tough. Foster says I could see Giants, Eagles, Washington on playoffs. I had see. I don't see the Commanders making the playoffs. Carson Wentz is out for a few more weeks. That's going to hurt them. And um, every wild card would have to come from one division. Yeah, and that just one doesn't... wild card team from the uh, West, whether yeah, it be the Rams, 
the Seahawks or the 49ers. If the Giants beat the Eagles, I think we have to respect them. Yes. I would be stunned. Yes. Then it's like, all right, I'm in. Like This might be the real deal. Philly's going all in, too. Trading for Robert Quinn is huge. They want to be the, uh, those, uh, what was it, the 74 Dolphins? Yeah. They're trying to get the perfect season. Not going to happen. <laughs> um, the Bengals, you touched on them. Joe Burrow had almost 500 yards. He had 345 in the first half yep. alone, and then they obviously pulled back a little bit in the second half. That's always going to happen to avoid injuries when you're blowing out a team. There's no reason. But they have not – and everybody, when you think of the bagel, Bengals, you think of their offense, right? Jamar Chase, Higgins, Mixon, Burrow. It is an awesome Boyd. Boyd, it is an awesome offense in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Their defense is better than their offense. They have not given up a second-half touchdown yet this season. Are you serious? They are 4-3. and Their three losses are by a combined eight points. If you add up the amount of points they lost by that's in their insane. three losses, it equals eight. They could easily be seven and zero. Oh. Easily, there was a couple bad breaks here. Wow. You remember the overtime game against Pittsburgh in Week One? <laughs> There's a couple bad. I think there was one more crazy overtime game in there that they lost. The week Bengals are one freaky. of the yeah, the Bengals are one of the best teams in the NFL. Having Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes enter the playoffs together is going to be absolutely magnificent. You potentially throw Lamar Jackson in there, maybe Tua. I mean, the AFC is just awesome. And Joe Burrow is one of the best players in the NFL. They have not given up a touchdown in the second half of any game they've played so far and nobody even talks about it because their defense is overshadowed by the absolute star power that they have on offense and man i'm all in on the Bengals. i am all in on the Bengals. and you and i together on halloween will be watching monday night football when it is the battle of ohio when the cincinnati Bengals play against the cleveland bronze I'm so excited for that game. That's actually crazy that they haven't given up a second half touchdown. And their like, three losses are by a combined eight points. That's that's really nuts. I'm just happy because I have Burrow, Chase, and Boyd all in fantasy. You should be very happy about that. That's that's a good trio right there. Sure is. Sure is, my son. On Monday. The Chicago Bears pulled off a stunning upset over the New England Patriots. Justin Fields looked like an absolute animal. He's running. He's throwing. He's making the best of his very limited weaponry. And Matt Eberflus has a nicely coached squad there. What's your take on the Bears right now? It's just this whole inconsistency thing is bothers me with Fields. Like, it's like the game before, it's like, all right, or not, no, it wasn't necessarily the game before because he looked decent against the commanders. But, um, hold on. Yeah, the, the whole commanders thing and just the, the game after, it's just, he's looked okay, but it, I want to see him do better. Like, there's no consistency there at all. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I just want more out of field. Your mic's muted. I literally muted it because there was a utility vehicle driving by loudly. Um, they, I thought Fields had his best game as a pro. And similar to what I was saying about Darlene and Heeshear in the NHL growing their games as time goes on, they they get something out of Fields every single week that shows his progression. And the fact that he's progressed and he had his be- best game as a pro on Monday Night Football against Bill Belichick's defense, who historically has just caught up first and second year quarterbacks. And he threw for a lot, a fair amount of yards. You combine that all total offense. He had like 280 yards and two touchdowns, one rushing, one throwing. He did throw one interception. That's going to happen. But I, I think the last two weeks fields has shown growth. He hasn't had a bad week in three weeks and you keep moving forward as time goes on. I believe the consistency will come as he develops. It's like what I was saying about Darlene and Isher. Everybody expects Mahomes right away. That's not going to happen. You know, Burrow struggled hard in the beginning of last season, and then he turned it on and he's been an elite quarterback ever since. It's starting to click for fields. He doesn't have limit. He has very limited weaponry. I mean, Cole Komet finally made a big play. It's just the the inconsistency thing is like, it's just a little annoying. He's starting to look more consistent. He is lately. Lately, he is. That figures into his development. And yeah, I have high hopes for fields now. I was, I was thinking negative things a couple weeks ago. And then that game against the commanders, he like just came so close to having this breakout game. And then he did against Bill Belichick's defense who normally destroys people like him. So I like what I see from him so far. That was a huge win. It was a huge win. I had a feeling the bears would show up in that game though. Um, It just, it felt right, you know, but yeah, it was a huge win. It was very entertaining as a bears fan. So Hats off to them. Sure was. Frank, the NBA season just started. I know you're all in on that. What are your takeaways so far from everything you've seen other than on the same night that the Bears beat the New England Patriots, a suburb of Boston is Foxborough, where the Patriots play at Gillette Stadium. The Chicago Bulls beat the Boston Celtics on the very same night for the Chicago All-Chicago Parlay. What's your takeaway from the NBA season so far? Yeah, you know, Westbrook stinks, obviously. Obviously. I mean, he was he sat at the end of one game. The one game he was like 0 for 11. That's just so bad. The Lakers are yet to get a win. The Bulls have looked good. Um, they're 2-2, two and two, but they're two wins. They beat the Heat and the Celtics, something they struggled with last year, beating top teams in their conference. So that's good to see. Um, something that's really, really surprising for me, and maybe it's because Damian Lillard's back, the Trailblazers lead the league right now. They're undefeated. They're 4-0. and Them and the Bucks are the only two teams that are undefeated, except the Bucks have played only two games. They play their third game tonight, but Blazers are four and Um They just, they look fantastic. And maybe the Blazers are uh, back. I mean, we've seen them years past when Lillard's healthy and the teams they used to have, they made the playoffs. They were contenders, but ultimately they just couldn't get it done. They didn't have that X factor to win the NBA championship. Maybe this year's a different team. However, we could, you know, just through four games, it's easy to overhype something. Um, and maybe that's what we're seeing right now. Maybe they come back to earth because the season is so young. 
But ultimately, it's really been fun to watch. I've really enjoyed some of these NBA games. We had a, a really good NBA game yesterday between the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. And obviously, two powerhouse of the teams. There were seven technical fouls in the third quarter. Clay Thompson was thrown oh, out. He was ejected. I saw that. I saw that. Um, the game got heated. And, you know, the Warriors, they, they used their excuse like, oh, we have four rings. And Devin Booker made a comment about that. He goes, yeah, I respect it. You guys have four rings. You're going to use that. And so there was some heat going on. So I'm loving what we got going on right now. The NBA is in full force, and I can't wait to see how the rest of the season goes. I have a take, and I want you to let me know if I'm up to my glue-using habits again. Mm -hmm. You know I like to do my glue. The Milwaukee Bucks will win the NBA title. Wow. Really? Uh, that's my pick as of right now. Now, obviously, subject to change, it's fucking October 26th, and they play till April, regular season-wise. But, yeah, I, I legitimately think, like, last year they, they smoked the Bulls. That was easy. And then who'd they lose to in the second round? Was it Boston? Last year? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was and then Boston ended up going all the way to the championship. Like that was the team that took down the Bucks as the defending champions. I like the Bucks this year. I really do. It's interesting. I'm hoping the Bulls could be a little more competitive this year. Maybe win a round in the playoffs. I think they're a playoff team. Though those wins against the Celtics and the Heat, those are impressive wins. So they are impressive wins, but their losses are eh. I know. It's hard to they, they lost to the Wizards, which listen, the Wizards, they have they have a pretty good team. They're a little, the huh? Do you watch the end of it? Yeah, I watched the majority of the game. Pain ending. Yeah, I, I listen. Yeah, with um, Demar Derozan, the last the second shot, and he got it tied up. And a year ago, he did the same thing to the Wizards uh, with the buzzer beater. He hit a buzzer beater against the Wizards. Um, they have Kristaps Porzingis, who used to be on the Mavericks, and now he's on the Wizards. I mean, this team is very underrated. Uh, they got Kyle Kuzma, I'm pretty sure he's on the Wizards. So, I mean, there's a lot of talent on this Wizards team, but, I mean, nobody thinks of it because they're like, oh, Washington Wizards, they haven't been good lately. So it's like they have that stigma towards the Wizards. But, no, they have a lot of talent. And they lost to the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers are another team who are pretty decent too. They got a lot of talent too. So take it with a grain of salt. Bulls play the Pacers tonight. They should be – if they lose to the Pacers, yeah, then we have a problem. But – I think they beat the Pacers tonight and extend their uh, lead to three and two, or their win their their record to three and two. Yeah, I just want to make it clear. I meant no disrespect to the Wizards or the Cavaliers. I've heard the same things you just told me. Like, they're both good teams too. They're both they're right up and coming. The, they're they're up. Yeah. They're right up there. They're probably right around the Bulls in terms of talent on the roster. The Bulls might be a little bit better, and that's why I was kind of annoyed by losing both of them. And of course, if they were two and two and they beat the Wizards and. Cavaliers, but lost to the Celtics in heat. I guess I'd be saying it, singing a different tune here, but uh, I, the Bulls are a play in team for me, eight through 10. You think so? Yeah, I do. Only because without Lonzo Ball, I think it's going to be hard to like have that just starting lineup. But he'll be back this year, won't he? Uh, earliest January, oh, maybe, sure. maybe later. But, yeah, that, that's where I'm at because there are a couple teams in the East that I just don't think the Bulls are better than long-term. Like, are they better than the Nets? No. Celtics? No. Heat? No. 76ers? No. Bucks? No. 
So then it comes down to them, and I'm for. I feel like I'm forgetting a big one though. Mm-hmm. Who, who is there? One I'm for like a big one. I'm forgetting. Bucks, Nets. I said those. Heat. Yeah, I said the Heat. Either so, way, that, and the that, Easter thing. Yeah. Oh, even if they're only the teams I named are better, that puts the Bulls at sixth. Right. And so. Do they make it as the sixth seed for the second year in a row? Maybe, but if they're seven through ten and play in the play-in round, then I think that's absolutely possible. But that's my thought on the NBA so far. You're on mute. Yeah, I know. I was talking. What were you saying? Sorry about that. No, no worries. The Bulls, like the the teams I named, that puts them at sixth minimum. And could the Celtics or not Celtics, the Cavaliers, the Wizards, all these teams in the East, they're going to make it tough. It's going to be a hard year. And I like, I just see them finishing seven through 10. It is going to be a hard year. Absolutely. And Foster says two days in a row, remember buzzer beaters. That's what I was talking about. DeMar DeRozan did it back to back. I think he became the first player or second player in NBA history. I think it's the first player in NBA history to ever hit back-to-back buzzer beaters because they played back-to-back nights. It it was just insane. And one of those were against the Wizards. But no, I agree with you. It's going to be a very tough season. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what's going on. I encourage anybody you've been to watch the NBA. And uh, it's a very entertaining uh, team for sure. Even if they do fall into that playing range, no, they're a very entertaining team for sure. When I say a tough year, I mean a tough battling year. Absolutely. Right? Like, they're not going to be in the mix for the lottery or anything like that, I don't think. Like, they're not the Spurs or the Jazz, who are off to nice starts, but I don't think that's going to last at all. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I wish the Bulls nothing but success. I'm seeing nothing but red always. The World Series is about to start in a couple days. Frank, who do you have winning the World Series? Unfortunately, the Houston Astros, they're just too strong right now. Um, it's its just very hard to, to pick against the Astros from what we've seen so far. They've demolished the Yankees. They got rid of the Mariners. And now they play the Phillies, a team they should beat. But maybe the Phillies got something in them that these other teams didn't. A little bit of heart, a little bit of extra heart right now. But it'd be I'd be very shocked if the Houston Astros didn't win. And like I said... They have a chance to be the first team ever to never lose a game and win the World Series. So this is very tough matchup for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, it is going to be hard. For I'm the rooting Phillies. for the Phillies, but I think the Astros are going to win. Oh, I'm rooting for the Phillies too, but I I agree. I think the Astros are going to win the World Series. I think they're going to win it easily. Um, like five games, maybe. I hope five games. I want the Phillies to get one, so that minimum the Houston Astros tie the White Sox at eleven and one, but the they're just too deep and they got such great pitching like McCullers is back he's looking really good um Verlander's there the with the lineup it's just an unforgiving lineup I mean it goes Altuve and then batting second they have Pena Mm -hmm. who just came in and replaced uh Carlos Correa and, you know, was all of a sudden one of the best shortstops. Correa and Pena are nominated for the gold glove at shortstop in the American League. That's messed up. And then they got Bregman and Tucker. And 
we didn't even touch at all on their best hitter, Jordan Alvarez, who, in my opinion, is the second best player in this. He's series. scary man in the face. Only Bar- Bryce Harper is better in this series, and Jordan Alvarez is the second best player in the series, in my opinion. And the only way that I think Philly can beat Houston is if they get in a dong match. Who can hit the most home runs? That is the way I see Philly beating Houston. If Bryce Harper puts on a legendary performance like he did against the San Diego Padres, if Kyle Schwarber can keep it going, we all know about October Schwarber. We haven't seen World Series Schwarber in a while, but there's a reason Schwarber's been in like four ALCS, five ALCSs or NLCSs in his career. Um, Castellanos, if he shows up with a big series, um, there's a lot of different possibilities offensively. Reese Hoskins came up with some big home runs against the Padres. Mm -hmm. Um, JT Real Muto is one of the best offensive catchers in the last 20 years. There, There are ways for the Phillies to mash themselves out of this series. I'm just not sure I see it. Houston's having an all-time pitching performance in the postseason. I think they've only given up like 15 runs in the seven games. That's it's, like, it's insane. That's incredible. Their and pitching what, is so strong. And of those 15 runs or whatever, six of them were from Verlander in the first couple innings of that very first game against the Mariners. And I made a joke. I'm like, maybe the Mariners will score six against Verlander. And they do. They did. Like on the top. <laughs> And, like, they came back and won that game because of Jordan Alvarez hitting the walk-off in the ninth inning. Like, this Astros team is unbelievable. Every single person in the chat, Caitlin, Skyler, Giovanna, Foster, everyone wants the Phillies to win. I will see what happens. We will preview the whole thing in depth tomorrow on Crosstown Crosstalk where we will go over the World Series in whole. I'm very excited about that. And then, of course, the big series starts on Friday night. It is the World Series. I'm so excited to watch it. Do you think that the Houston Astros' success might not be as successful as successful next year because of the shift changing? Every game, Altuve is in right field. It annoys the hell out of me. He is so deep. He, he might as well just be a right fielder. No. I think it's going to change a little bit. It will change a, a little bit. Yeah, but they, like, I'm not saying they're not going to be elite and make the playoffs and win that, but like maybe like 90 something wins. But you don't think a dead pull hitter like Jordan Alvarez will get more base hits and create more offense for him. Like it I, will. I think, I, I think it all evens out. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I think the, that the Astros rely on it heavily. They, they do. They take advantage of it while it's legal. And everybody knows the Astros are perfect at taking advantage of loopholes and stuff like that. Like, they're that team. I just think for, ev- for every way it will hurt them defensively, it will benefit them offensively. I mean, it could. You're, you could be right. I guess I never thought of it like that either. But Because Jordan Alvarez, he'll sneak a couple extra base hits in next season because of no shift. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what Bregman's able to do. Altuve's a little slap hitting a hole, but like, and but he comes up with power, right? And Pena is what he is. He's only going to get better. I'm coming into next year thinking the Astros are the best team in the AL again. Like, if they win the next two World Series, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe three. <laughs> it's so annoying, dude. The Astros. Everybody hates them because of 2017. Everybody liked them, though, before they found out the the sign-stealing thing because of the fact that 
you know, Altuve was this cute little story because he refused to leave spring training that year. He, he demanded that he get another chance and he proved himself and he stayed and everything about the Astros was awesome until it wasn't, but you still think about them critically and their analytics and their ability to get the most out of every situation is second to none in the MLB. It's second to none. They traded for Trey Mancini. They traded for Christian Vasquez. And listen, if there's one thing to root for when it comes to the Houston Astros, it's Trey Mancini. Two years ago, this guy was recovering from chemotherapy as a member of the Baltimore Orioles. Never knew if he'd play baseball again. Now he's with the freaking Houston Astros. So... I don't know. I, I'm rooting for the Phillies. It's going to be tough. I don't see it's it. Going to be tough. I don't see it either. I, the, this team has just been this. It was. I was watching the Astros game the other day, and like their fifth hitter was Bregman. I'm yeah. like, dude, it just keeps Bregman getting deeper. Tucker. And Tucker was like sixth or something. Yeah, or he's fifth. Sick. Yeah. So it's like I'm like, dude, this is your sixth hitter. I mean, their depth down the line was just crazy. Trey Mancini, he's been off, right? I don't think he's gotten a hit in the whole last series, but from one through six. And I mean, I know what Mancini can do if he gets hot and you keep going and Maldonado has been really good lately. And he's, he's been a good hitter. He's an awful hitter and he's been awesome. I know. So it's, it's, I mean, this team, man, it's so, you want to know, you want to know how good Houston is. They are so good offensively one through eight that they know Maldonado is so good at blocking sliders in the dirt. He's the best defensive catcher in the MLB that he could hit zero. He can have an OPS of zero and the Astros won't care because he's so good at playing catcher. And they they don't care if he's a free out every single time he comes up to bat because they know the rest of their lineup will match their way out of it. So when he does actually contribute some offense, it's no wonder they've won every single game in the playoffs. Skyler said Harper needs to get a ring also at this point. Dude's too good not to have one. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be this year, though, to be honest with you. so Bryce it's, it's, Harper went from being one of the more overrated players in the game to living up to every expectation there is. And now he's one of the most underrated players in baseball history. If Mike Trout didn't exist, he would have been the best player of that generation. Listen, in other sports, we hear of guys – Long before they go pro. We knew Arch Manning was going to be a quarterback in the NFL years before he even graduated high school. I remember seeing clips of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson as five-star recruits out of high school. You know, Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid, we've been watching Connor McDavid since he's 14. And when he was drafted first overall to the Erie Otters in the OHL draft, everyone was like, "That's there's over number one overall, number one for Connor McDavid. In a couple years, it'll be in the NHL. That doesn't happen in baseball except for one person. Bryce Harper has been on everybody's radar since he's 15 years old. No player in the history of the sport had more pressure on them as a teenager than Bryce Harper, and he has come in and been magnificent. He's a multiple-time MVP. He absolutely deserves to be a World Series champion. I don't think about what – I don't care what you think about him wearing a headband or – you know, having a little bit of flair to his game. Screw all that noise. He is one of the best players ever, and he put together a Hall of Fame performance against the San Diego Padres. 
for no other reason other than him, I'm rooting for the Philadelphia Phillies to win this season. And that home run to make it four to three in the bottom of the oh eight, that God. was incredible. That's Paul Konerko hitting a grand slam in the World Series. That's Kyle Schwarber getting on base at a 500% clip against the Guardians and the, or the Indians in the playoffs in 2016. That's Madison Bumgardner making two shutout World Series starts for the Giants all those years ago. Bryce Harper is in that echelon of all-time great playoff performances that we've seen since the year 2000. I can't say enough words about Bryce Harper. I cannot wait to watch the World Series. Cannot wait. Yeah, I this Friday, October 28th. October 28th, and then Saturday we'll be watching it. I'm sure we'll be – yeah, and I'm sure we'll watch some Monday. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, got a big Halloween party coming up this Saturday. Are you excited for Halloween? I wanted to make sure we got some Halloween chat in here. No, I am excited for Halloween. I look forward to Halloween. I like it. I like the spookiness of it. It should be a lot of fun. Is it on your Mount Rushmore of holidays? Because <laughs> yeah. I struggle with the fourth one. Yeah, I, I have think three, I have three undoubted Mount Rushmore holidays. Thanksgiving, Christmas, 4th of July. Those are my three, and I think 4th would be Halloween. Uh, I, I really what would you have higher than it? I, New Year's Eve is up there. Eh. Um, I really like St. I could St. care Patrick's less about Day. New Year's Eve, to be honest with you. I really like St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it's close between St. Patrick's Day and Halloween. Halloween, it's, you just you do more, you see more people, hang out with more friends, hang out with more family. It's just I like it. I what's your favorite it. costume you ever wear? My favorite I know the best, costume. I know the best Frankie Mueller costume. I don't think it's close. It's not when I went as the Six Flags guy, was it? Yes, absolutely. Do you think so? Yes. 100%. When you were Mr. Six, that was the best Halloween. <laughs> I had the bald the, cap on. The bald cap, the red tie. or bald I even tie brought – I think I was him twice maybe. And the one year I had like the pool floaty, like the – because he was the Hurricane Harbor. Oh, six the like, Hurricane Harbor, Mr. Yeah. Six. Yeah. But the year you were the original Mr. Yeah. Six, that's your best costume. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder where that – I hate to say it. The guy's probably – No, he was a kid. No, he wasn't. It was not a real old man. Was it a, a kid it playing a kid. an old man? Yes. Little like, old what me. kind of old man do you see? <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive it was a kid. That just and doesn't an make 85, 90 year old man doing dance moves like that. Dance moves? He was just moving. Man. What are you talking about? He wasn't doing backflips. Katie put Easter in her Mount Rushmore that holiday. I forgot stinks. about Easter. Easter stinks. I like Easter. I hate Easter. Easter's the worst. Why? Because it's like diet Christmas. No, what do you mean? It diet takes Christmas? everything that's fun about Christmas and takes it away and leaves you with the scraps. Easter stinks. Give me no. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving might be just as good as Christmas. If Christmas is one, Thanksgiving's one A. You get to eat copious amounts of delicious food. I shove my fat face with more dessert than you could possibly imagine on Thanksgiving. I watch more football than I will any day of the year on Thanksgiving. I even play football on Thanksgiving, the Turkey Bowl. I love, love Thanksgiving. She says Easter's Thanksgiving with better food. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, I actually forgot about Easter. I look forward to Easter. 
I don't say I don't look forward to it. Like I know I'm going to see you at some point throughout the Easter celebration. I, I don't, I don't love the food ham. Like, eh, give me mashed potatoes and Turkey and gravy and stuffing. I don't like cranberries, but I need them in my sight on Thanksgiving. I need to be able to turn my head and see some cranberries, even though I don't eat them. I just need to be able to see them to make myself feel full comfort. But, and then desserts, apple pie, pecan pie. Oh, love Thanksgiving. Katie says pierogies. Oh, you know what? I love pierogies, but I did. I, we don't have them around Thanksgiving. Okay. It's a Polish thing. Katie's mom has some Polish in her Mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a Polish thing to have pierogies on Easter. Mm, and, I love pierogies. Oh, me too. Me too. And I've had, I've been introduced to some different flavors. Blueberry pierogies are outstanding. Oh, I never tried that. I don't know about that. I think I you would this. like it. I, I think it's one of those things that you sound, you hear it and you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Then you try it and you're like, Ooh, VP was on to something. But is it warm? I don't like warm fruits. It, it is, but it's like, like, I don't like a lot of apple pie or something. I don't like either. I don't like warm fruit that much either. But for some reason, these blueberry pierogies were just incredible. And I've had them. They weren't – I don't think I had blueberry pierogies with Katie, but I've had them in the past, and they are really good. My dad likes blueberry anything, so we would always have blueberry pierogies. French silk pie, delightful. Okay? I don't know if I've had it. I mean, but I probably have and just not I'm still trying to think it, of but... my favorite Halloween costume for myself. There was one year I went as a full-blown hockey player, and I'm not just talking like I threw around a hockey jersey and called it a day. I wore the helmet, the shorts, pads. Uh, I didn't wear skates, obviously, but I had the entire getup. And I put the stuff on my eyes to look like I was playing an outdoor game. I remember game. that. That was one of the coolest feeling I ever had as a costume, but I think my best costume ever was Iron Man. I remember I, that. And I had... I had the gauntlet, you know, I am Iron Man. Like mm -hmm. I, uh, it is, it, that was a really cool costume. I was also, when I was in second grade, I was Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! And I had the hair, like plastic hair. And that was one of the coolest costumes I ever had too. Yu-Gi-Oh! is still one of my favorite things. Love Yu-Gi-Oh! But yeah, those are probably some of my most memorable favorite costumes. What is your favorite Halloween candy? This isn't what's your favorite candy. My favorite candy are nerd rope clusters, the little mini nerd ropes. They're like little like balls. Like a Halloween candy associated with Halloween? Yeah, like you don't get nerd rope clusters on Halloween. That's not a Halloween candy. It's my favorite candy, but they're not number. They're not Halloween. What is your favorite? So like Halloween Reese's, candy? no, but I get Reese's on Halloween. No, Reese's but... is a Halloween candy. 100% okay. it is. It's def well, that's my favorite, I think, and probably my favorite Halloween candy. It's my favorite, too. But... Like a Halloween candy you only get around Halloween usually. I love candy corn. What? So much. No. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Frank, you don't. Yes, I do. You love candy corn? Mm-hmm. You're a fucking goofball. Oh, so you so like good. candy corn? I love candy corn. Would you put candy corn on pizza? I would consider it. Our friend Skylar in the chat here introduced me to a good pal named Dean. Caramel apple suckers. Oh, so good. Yeah, I like caramel apple suckers. I like them more when the caramel part's gone. But <laughs> our 
our friend Skylar here in the chat is putting Frankie dot 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 for a reason. We he's got a pal who he's gotten me to know him a little bit over the years. His name's Dean. Dean is a very interesting fellow. Dean enjoys candy corn on pizza. And I think that is one of the most egregious, disgusting, nasty boy things you can ever consider. And it turns me off from all people that like candy corn in general. Um, I'm not saying I would like be this guy and put it on pizza. Like, I, yeah, it, to me, it's weird. But would I try it? I guess. Because to me, it's like it wouldn't ruin the flavor of pizza. I would try it, too. There's not much I wouldn't try. But it, to me, but like, it's not something. I like it? Ugh. Like, to me, if I put a Reese's on pizza, that's weirder than putting candy corn. Because candy corn is, like, hard. And, like, it's not like like the chocolate from a Reese's would change the flavor of a, the pizza. But the candy corn is just kind of there for the crunch. You're not, it's not going to change the flavor of the pizza too much. Yeah. Uh, Katie wants to know in the chat, do you believe that – have you ever heard of candy corn Tootsie Rolls, and do you agree that that's gross? I've never had it or heard of it. Yeah. Does it taste like chocolate, or is it like taste no, like Tootsie Roll? It, it's like or the like texture what? of Tootsie Roll, but tastes like candy corn. Disgusting. I, I would try it. Absolutely nasty. You probably your weird ass self probably would like it for sure. I, yeah, you, you'd throw those in your mouth and you'd be like, "Ooh, give me some of these." I mean, if you find some, you know who to bring them to. Yeah, uh, I like Kit Kats better than Reese's in general, but for some reason around Halloween, I like Reese's better. When I think of Halloween, and I'm digging through that bag, and my dad used to check our candy, which was his way of stealing it, but. You know, I love looking for the Reese's and the Reese's that are shaped like pumpkins around Halloween, Christmas trees around Christmas and eggs around Easter are just a little bit different than Reese's peanut butter cuffs in a good way because the peanut butter to chocolate ratio is just a little bit different. And I love it. Absolutely love it. So shout out Reese's. Frank, I hope you and yours have an incredible Halloween. I will be spending a large portion of it with you as... We will be going to a party together on Saturday night and spending the actual day of Halloween together watching football and watching the World Series on Monday night. Very excited about it. What are you watching this weekend, though, if you catch yourself with some free time? Well, we started watching Game of Thrones again. Watched another episode. I watched Saw with G, the fifth Saw movie with her. You want to play a game? Yeah, you know, you know, I love those movies. She's she's. Really, I like really Saw. Fun. I don't they, love scary movies, but I do like Saw. I like the storyline. They don't have the best reviews except the first one, but I see. Yeah, I don't call that one is great. It is so good. If if I don't mean to cut you off, if I can power rank the three greatest plot twists in the history of movies, Saw that's would be your, number three. That's on your Mount Rushmore. It's on my Mount Rushmore. The plot twist in Spider-Man, the very first Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. It's not the very first Spider-Man. It's the very first Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, the plot twist in that. Don't say it. We got people in the chat who haven't seen it yet. And then the plot twist in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And they reference the plot twist in Saw when they say the plot twist in... The Winter Soldier, Natasha looks at Steve and goes, do you want to play a game? 
and then they <laughs> learn about Hydra being shield. Like that little twist there is just amazing. It's a great uh, movie. It's oh, so good. But you really got to be into that type of stuff because yeah. it's disgusting. It is disgusting. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy watching those types of movies, those Halloween movies, and then just the usual playoff baseball, basketball, hockey, the usual. Nothing but Survivor tonight, as always. So that, that's all I'm really watching right now. Two weeks in a row, I watched Survivor on Tuesday night the following week and then didn't get around to Wednesday's episode till the following week. We'll see what happens with this week's episode. I loved last week's episode. Um, it was the first real backstab, or not back, more like blindsided. You were blindsided. Me. Yeah. That was the first one of the season, I would say, where I like genuinely was shocked at who went home. But we'll see what happens in tonight's episode. I'm with, right there with you. I will be watching that at some point. And then got MW2 coming this weekend. We'll That's see about that. That's, tomorrow it comes out. Yeah. I want to get the new Call of Duty. I want to get the new NHL. Both of those are on my radar over the next couple weeks. And then as far as watching, um, I watched Hocus Pocus for the first time yesterday. First time ever. I know you hate that movie. You're a bot. No, I'm giving it. I'm giving it another chance. It was I, a cute I, movie. It was a cute movie. It, it, the fact that it's a kids movie is a little weird. In my, there are a lot of things there that make it a interesting fact that it's a kids movie. Like one thing in particular, really. I know what you're talking about. But what do you think it is without saying it? Candle. Like what type of person needs to like yeah. it? Yeah. Like that's just yeah. so weird for a kid's movie. Eh. And they like, they dive into it. Like they dive into it. Like this isn't a kid's movie. This is an adult movie. Um, Or like a weird adult movie thinking it's for kids. Like, I don't know. I liked it though. It was an enjoyable movie. Um, I'm sure I'll be watching. The second one. Too. Yeah. Eh. I'll be watching that over the next couple of days. And then we'll see if we watch any other Halloween-related stuff. I love The Great Pumpkin. Okay, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, is one of my favorite. I'm not the biggest Peanuts guy of all time, but I love Charlie Brown Christmas, and I love Charlie Brown Halloween. Those two are just so spectacular. Um, so I'm going to try and get around to that. We'll see if I'm able to. But then, of course, the World Series and the NFL and the NHL. That is going to be, you know, the primary focus of my watching over the next – couple weeks i would say i love it i'm gonna we'll, we'll watch hocus pocus g is like it's an all-year movie for her she loves it it's one of her favorite movies she's got pillows with sayings on it t-shirts with sayings on it like she just she loves it and i i'm gonna, I'm gonna watch shitting it on it no i pretend to like it pretend to like it stop being i'm gonna wa- i'm gonna watch it again next time you watch it even if you think it's the biggest pile of garbage be like dude it's a good movie yeah Frankie's like, I don't lie. I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. I like it is. Some stinks. It stinks. That movie doesn't stink, though. I just think you're on glue. Well, it's my same take about Black Panther. I wasn't a fan of it. Watched it five times. It just doesn't get any better. But Wakanda Forever looks fantastic. You should be banned from watching Wakanda Forever. (laughs) No. If I could, I would. I don't want you. I don't want you to see it. Hey, you got to watch She-Hulk first. So. I know. I know I'm gonna giddy up on that because that week that Wakanda Forever comes out, I have a wedding, an anniversary, and everything else in between. And tough. Yeah, it's gonna be a a long, a fun week, but I'm not gonna be able to see Wakanda Forever for a couple days after, a couple days after. But you know, I'm excited about it for sure. It's gonna be an incredible movie. I like. I have no doubt. You've watched the trailer, obviously. Yes. Yes. Frank, 
These people have been waiting. You want to help make people some money? Sure, absolutely. Let's make people some money in this week's edition of America's Favorite Podcast Segment of the Week. Breaking Bets. Where's my money, bitch? Frank, help make people some money. I got three picks for you guys. We're going to start it off with a parlay. I don't normally do this on the show. Pacers are at the Bulls tonight. Really like the Bulls to win this game, but they're minus 295. So we're going to add it in a three-team parlay. Um, this should just be a, a, a spot that the Bulls should win. I don't see the pay- There's no reason to think the Pacers should win this game. If they do, then more power to them. But the Bulls... They should win this game. We'll see what happens. The Hawks play the Detroit Pistons. They're in Detroit. Pistons played last night. I'm a huge advocate. I say it. I'm a broken record about teams that play from a, a back-to-back. It's very hard to win on back-to-backs, but and it's proven this year. I've been keeping track of it statistically, and it's proven that it's hard to win on back-to-backs. I've only seen one team do it this year so far, and that was the Portland Trailblazers. And the Detroit Pistons are just not that team to do it, and not against a team as talented as the, the uh, Atlanta Hawks. So the Atlanta Hawks are minus 305, so two big, do- or two big favorites. But then the 76ers are playing the Toronto Raptors, and the 76ers has not, they have not been very good this year. But they still have a lot of talent on their team. Um, and they're playing the Toronto Raptors. And I love the line for the 76ers money line at minus 125. I think that's fair. I think this is a game they could really get going in the right direction. I don't think they're going to be this bad for that long. And if you parlay all three of those together, it's plus 221. So now you get those two big dog or those two big favorites of a game, mesh it in with a light favorite. Now you got some good value at plus 221. I really like that a lot. So that's the first pick. Second pick, I'm going to throw a hockey game at you guys. Yesterday we saw the New York Rangers play the Colorado Avalanche. We talked about how it's a game of the year potentially candidate. Shesterkin's probably not going to be in net tonight. The New York York Rangers are going to play their home state New York Islander team. Halak has been awful this year. Absolutely trash for the New York Rangers. He's got an ERA over four, hasn't won a game this year. It's just... And the New York Islanders, they haven't been that great either. They're two and four, but I think this is a game that the New York Islanders are going to win at home. So you got a rivalry game. You're playing another team from your state. The New York, the New York rivalry going on here, and those games tend to go usually either way, no matter how bad a team is and how good a team is. When you have that interstate division or interstate game going on, it's just really it, it really could go either way. And I like the the Islanders in the spot at minus one thirty four. Now. My last pick, I always, for people who watch the show later and they're not watching it live, it's hard for them to follow my picks. If they watch it tonight, well, the picks are already over. So I wanted to give a pick for Sunday football. So the Giants play the Seahawks. I like the Seahawks in the spot minus two and a half points. I think this is a game that the Giants could potentially come down to earth. I like the way Geno Smith has been throwing the ball lately. It's in Seattle. And I think Daddy Danny Dimes in this uh, game becomes a, a, a measly penny, I should say. So Seahawks minus two and a half. I really like it here in this spot. We'll see what happens. 
the Giants win and surprise us, then we'll, we'll see how the rest of our season goes. We talked about it earlier, so if you didn't tune in, you could go back and listen to our rant on the New York Giants. Those are my picks for you. I like it, Frank. There's a lot to digest there. There's a lot to digest. I got one pick to throw out there for you. Go ahead. Zach Parisi's plus 375 as an anytime goal scorer. He gets his first goal of the season tonight against the New York Rangers. He always plays well against them. Halak is in net, and I believe that is going to be the case. I like it. Um, There was another thing. Oh, you brought up the Atlanta Hawks. That's the big team I was forgetting. Oh, in the East? Yeah, in the East. That could be better than the Bulls, which would push them to seven. So see what happens but you know that was a great segment i hope everybody bets with frankie and wins lots of money let's make lots of money how does the song go you've got the brain i've got the brain let's make lots of oh i know it i know yeah (laughs) yeah that's funny let's make lots of money everyone listen to frankie i'm breaking that could be the the theme song of this segment (laughs) yeah You've got the brain. I've got the brain. Let's, Let's make lots of money. money. Yeah. Love Who that. sings that song? No clue. Absolutely no clue. Um, thank you to Greg Brown for joining the podcast of the Daily Intermission podcast and TikTok. And I have a little special announcement. Yesterday, I was brought in to join puck pros of the fan-sided network i will be contributing to them covering all 32 teams in the national hockey league and i'll still be doing my normal work on the chicago blackhawks with the windy city and new jersey devils with pucks and pitchforks in addition to all chicago sports for the windy city in addition to chicago white Sox baseball for south side showdown my fan-sided role is now expanded to its fourth site i am very excited about it the first two articles went up i covered David Pasternak's two-point performance last night. He had a power play goal, just a sick rifled one-timer, and then a sick pass to Taylor Hall for his league-leading 12th point of the season. I believe he will reach 100. I wrote about that. And then Matty Beniers scored a goal for the Seattle Kraken, and I covered his hot start. I will be doing a piece on Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And if Zach Parisi scores his first goal of the season For the New York Islanders, I will write about that as well. And then I'm also thinking about doing something for the Philadelphia Flyers here and there um, coming up in a little bit. So make sure you tune in for all that. You could follow me at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. Of course, if you want to read all of Frankie Mueller's work, you go to apptrigger.com, read his stuff, check out what's going on with him on his Twitter, at the King Bean. Frank, is there anything else you have left to say before we head on out of here? Yeah, if uh, if anybody's going out to trick-or-treat, got any Halloween parties go to, just be safe, have a lot of fun, and um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. It only comes once a year, so make the most out of it. And if your costume has anything to do with something cool, like superheroes or sports, stuff like that, if you're being Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! like I was back in second grade, Snap a pic of it, tag Frankie and I on Twitter, and let us know what yep. you're being for Halloween. If you find yourself eating a Reese's peanut butter cup, let us know and make sure you or check candy out. corn on pizza. You know, if you can tag us in it. If you're one of those complete absolute <laughs> pigeons that eats nasty candy corn around Halloween, make sure you let us know that as well. I'm so excited for Halloween. I'm, this is going to be a great weekend. We get to eat some chili 
That'll be a lot of fun. Lots of World Series baseball. And speaking of the World Series, you could tune in tomorrow's episode of Crosstown Crosstalk, where we will be going over the World Series between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. That gets underway on Friday night. I will be making a guest appearance on the Barfly Tailgate Show via the Barroom Network on Sunday morning as the boys recap what was against the New England Patriots and what is coming up against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm very excited to join those guys and talk football with them. Uh, it's very rare I join a football show on this uh, network and I'm excited to do it. Um, you got Mike North. You got everything else going on. We'll be back here next Wednesday covering the National Hockey League. We've got a big week ahead and I'm very excited about. I hope everybody has a very safe, fun, an enjoyable Halloween with your families, friends, whoever you choose to spend it with this particular season. And as always, thank you for listening.